Welcome to and Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hey, look, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> and here's a snake in my boots. We're looking at Toy Story. <laughs> for better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Uh, and in actuality, I'm Jeff, and uh, you are, of course, Amy Joe. Amy Joe. Amy Joe. How are you doing today? Uh, is there a snake in your boots? Uh, sometimes feels like it. You sometimes know, sometimes it... feels like someone poisoned the water well. So, some days there's a snake in your boots, and other days somebody poisoned the water well. And that's <laughs> and 2020. Other days, <laughs> other days, does anything good happen in in his little in, pol- of his? Oh, um reach for this guy so he's probably he's taking down some bad guys well it sounds well, not well a duel, he's not fighting a duel. he's taking in some taking in a wily pig <laughs> the old, or or no it's the that's right it's uh the it's uh mr potato head it's like one-eyed yeah, willie or one-eyed yeah, whomever yeah. uh great love it love it toy story is a comedy <laughs> that came out on november 22nd 1995 that's right this week is the 25th anniversary that feels insane to me because i saw this in a theater and i didn't remember being a tiny baby hey. well once by a time we were all tiny babies i know uh, yes time. yes time. time it marches forward like a series of itty bitty army men led by army army uh this and always tying it back in what a consummate I, well i tie it back in and then you comment on it and take us right back out look i'm here for <laughs> color commentary you're here to keep us on track let me do my job uh, you got it and those colors are pinks and purples Vivid. and very glittery Vivid. and i love hey, I like them a blue i like a yellow a red a fuchsia uh and toy story it was of course and directed by john lasseter and written by andrew stanton joss whedon alex sokolo and joel cohen not that joel cohen different cohen brothers mm. uh this this was the joel cohen the why bill murray signed on to do the garfield movie because he heard it was written by joel cohen and he's like oh well joel cohen then it must be uh must be at least he a was decent duped. quality he got duped joel cohen you sneaky sob you with the h you got the h c o h e n joel it stands for yeah it's co and uh, Amy Jo, what's your experience with Toy Story besides being a little tiny baby seeing it in the theater? When I was a wee little babe <laughs> in my mother's arms, I saw it in the movie theater. Um, no, I right, saw when you, it. when you were in Ireland and you were just surviving. When in the, I was uh, barely sca- uh, escaping a potato famine. Oh. Um, Forgive this you accent, were, I haven't you, acted you were, in a long you were, time. You were sitting there in the theater watching Toy Story. You were eating your Mr. Potato Head. I, I was eating my potato. I was thinking, Ma. Yes, you had like the original Mr. Potato Head, which was, a, in, this is a, the real life, the, they just give you a, the eyes and the ears and the nose and you would stick them in your own, you had to... Pr- provide your own potato yes yes it's called sticks and a rotten potato and so you had to choose is today the day that you have to eat your only toy the mr <laughs> potato head <laughs> oh jeff's of irish descent we can do this um oh yeah of course Ro- ronan come on ronan right that and making fun of people from new jersey those are my legacies you get can... two well catholics you can do three. Oh, you're right oh i got three yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> um oh i saw it in theaters ah yes right and then it's so funny because i haven't seen this movie in a long time <laughs> but i must have watched it a lot on i don't know dvd you know mm. this was about the time dvds were coming out late 90s 
Oh, no. I feel like more early aughts. No, because I watched some in high school. We had a DVD player. I remember having like The Spy Who Shagged Me on DVD. Oh. You know, um, and Shawshank Redemption um, when I was still in high school. So that would have been like very late 90s, very early 2000s. Um, But I'm not. Again, as we've said, we've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm not Google itself. So I don't know. But um, anyway, yes, we must have watched it a lot because as you and I were sitting watching it last night, I was like, I, I don't remember so much of the plot of this movie. You got movie. really invested in the well, end of this like, film. <laughs> but I remembered the inflective patterns. This is not surprising knowing me, um, listeners who don't know my day job is dialect coach. Forgive my poor irish accent i was unprepared <laughs> um but like a dialect coach and voice and text director so like to be someone who has a lot of oral recall is mm-hmm. not uh unexpected but i was like i remember how this line is said but i don't remember what happens next <laughs> it was a wild ride uh fair enough fair enough i don't remember the first time i saw this film i don't remember if i saw it in theaters i mean i definitely saw toy story 2 in theaters i saw that in theaters as well um, and then i've never seen a toy story beyond you've never seen that since i've seen all four i didn't see the last one in theaters i but i saw it i caught it after the fact uh and really enjoyed it i was like did we need another toy story and i was like oh this is very charming and you got you know uh jordan peele and keegan michael key and uh christina hendrix and of course keanu keanu is uh uh, was it Duke Kaboom as this evil Knievel type, this Canadian? That's a great name. Uh, stunt Let's be real. driver toy. Uh, Duke it's great. Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. Oh, it's fantastic. He is so good in it. I mean, all the new. That is the really the main problem with that fourth one is all the characters that you know, except for Woody and Buzz, disappear. They're like they're barely in the film. Um, but then you get a lot of fun new characters. So I was like, eh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I just I rewatched Toy Story two like two years ago and like really holds up. It was really really good. Is but that I, the one where he has the Cheeto fingers? It's it's the one with. Wayne Knight, Wayne and he's Knight. got Cheeto fingers. Yes, Wayne Knight, I have discovered, is in everything. He's in literally every movie. Good for uh, him. Yeah, he's been in so many of our movies we've done, and it's always nice seeing Wayne Knight. We've also been watching Third Rock from the Sun, where and he's joined the show now, he and uh, he's delightful. so funny. Yeah, him and Christian Johnson are Ugh. so, so, so funny together. Um, yeah, I don't remember, I but I love this movie. I, I had the computer game that I love playing. Uh, which I would point out when we were watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, oh, this was a scene. I was like, oh, this, to, this was a to, level. You had to you be had a, to, in a hamburger box. You, you were in a hamburger box. Uh, <laughs> now here you're on a skateboard. You're trying to escape from Scud. Scud the dog. What a gross name for a dog. Scud. Um, but also, I do want to share very quickly, in terms of my other connections to Toy Story, uh, I think a memory that I had wiped. I had successfully forgotten uh, about this. Um, in high school, uh, I had a summer job, assistant directing a summer camp theater review of all i did it twice and the first time it was all what was the first time i forget what the first time the what the theme was it was kind of just like a random hodgepodge of like you know these two kids are gonna do t for two and now this one's singing um embraceable you and this one's uh doing uh all i need is the girl from gypsy none of it makes sense but it's so charming oh it's so charming uh but the second one was all disney and so (laughs) the like the count these counselors that were also like directors the the assistant director myself uh, i think there were two assistant directors uh choreographer assistant choreographers all all this would be in a few like one number or two throughout we'd all pop in and then at the end we were all in so they had rented these costumes and they had 
it was, it was mostly all the other people in the staff. There were mostly women, and it was me and one other guy. And they had a Woody and a Buzz. So he this like a full costume, like with a full head, as if you were going to Disney. It was like good or as quality. if you're like in Times Square. It was better quality than Times Square. Well, that's, that's why good. I said as if you were going to Disney. Okay. It's, it's, it's maybe not as good as Disney, but it's definitely better than Times Square. Hey, <laughs> that's a low bar, but we're thankful that you've crossed it. Yes, there were not uh, ticks and mites in this costume, but uh, but, uh yeah, I I was woody i had this full woody costume this full what giant woody head and the hat that's similar to the film the hat is its, its own attached. separate thing so oh, you could no. like take off the hat and wave it uh and it's supposed to be just like people singing in front i don't remember what they were saying at this point they're probably singing whatever whole new world some, something and then the, cur- the perfect number for woody and buzz well no well this is this is for everyone it's the end it's, so it's the, oh, it's everyone the is dressed as like people are coming back to be like the kid that sang hakuna matata is back dressed as simba the kid that sang whatever is back dressed as xyz and then the cur- as the curtains open on like a menagerie of disney characters including like some you haven't seen like here's a full woody and we're supposed to just be standing there and like waving or maybe we had like some simple like now we all cross in two lines and like whatever so first off the guy playing buzz was supposed to just stand there and instead he wasn't there on his entrance there's only two performances of course and i was like this guy missed his entrance so then he comes in late and of course gets thunderous applause because oh, it's like oh an entrance dramaturgically appropriate oh, and then he of course crossed the whole stage to be like oh. waving and i was like oh this guy um and that also distracted me because then as we were going when I was supposed to be turning back, I realized my hat fell off um, and I didn't know where it was. And I was like, oh, no. And imagine just imagining this giant woody head of, of the hands going to the head to being like, oh, no. Um, and I turn around. I'm trying to like it's almost fallen into the audience. So I managed to like, oh, I'm going to get the hat. Uh, I get the hat and I start back and the curtain is already closed. <gasps> so I'm stuck. So I, <laughs> I. You're pulling a full Lena Lamont situation. Yes. yes. It's always a nightmare when you can't find the gap in the curtains to get through auntie mame actually auntie mame is better but it's that much worse when you are have a giant woody head on and you can't really see um so i successfully blocked that memory out for year for like decades now because that's high school so for almost half half my life half my life i've uh pretended that didn't happen and uh it was not one of my finest hours uh but it Fully ties me to our movie today, Toy Story. One of the joys of this podcast is learning new things about one's partner. Because I've certainly never heard that mm-hmm. story, and I'm thrilled to picture it. Not at your pain, but because it's delightful. Oh, it is now. Sure wasn't then. Uh, now, spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Toy Story or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. In a world where toys are secretly alive, mm-hmm. a group of toys owned by a boy named Andy are caught off guard when Andy's birthday party is moved up a week. Andy's toys, including Bo Peep, Mr. Potato Head, Rex the Dinosaur, Ham the Piggy Bank, and Slinky Dog, fear that they will be replaced by new toys from the birthday. Sheriff Woody, the toy's leader and Andy's favorite toy, assures them that none of them will be replaced, but then Andy receives a surprise gift, a Buzz Lightyear dun, dun, dun. action figure who thinks that he is a real space ranger. Buzz impresses the other toys with his various features. Oh, he's got laser envy. Uh, and Andy begins to favor him, making Woody feel rejected. As Andy prepares for a family outing at Pizza Planet, Woody fears Andy will bring Buzz instead of himself and attempts to trap Buzz behind a desk. Wait, hold please, because yes, I wasn't sure it. if you were going to mention this as a plot point, but mm-hmm. like the, the thing where Buzz... It's like, I can fly. And then, you know, that's just falling with style. He really lucks out that he, falling with style. He really lucks out. He bops his head on a rubber ball, falls uh, onto a micro machine, swings into like a mobile and 
swings around really fast and lands back on the bed. Yeah. It made me think Mm -hmm. of like, this is the career of so many actors who have by sheer happenstance and like being in the right place at the right time and being very good looking have lucked into thinking they're somehow really special and somehow can fly. Yeah. No, I was like, this is like how we get so many delusional actors when people like have a lot of success early on and don't understand how the world works for most working That's actors. That's flying. That's being white with good hair. That is exactly <laughs> right. You have a beautiful voice and a pretty face. Sure. Play Fiero. You know, well, you want a Broadway contract? Have five, you know. Um, it just, which is not to say that they're not talented, sure, but sure, it, not sure. to say Buzz doesn't have a lot going for him, but I, he's not rooted in the reality of the situation he's actually in. And I was sitting there just like shaking my head like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's definitely a delusional character for hey. much of this film. Uh, instead, uh, Woody ends up accidentally knocking Buzz out of a window, which I was like, cause it was a magic eight ball that had fallen back. And I was like, mm-hmm. Is a magic eight ball supposed to be alive? A toy? Because clearly or not. It, it wasn't, you know? Yeah, I didn't know because it answers whatever it answered when it's like, is Annie going to pick me to bring me to Pizza Planet? And it's just like, um, don't count on it or something. It's like, is that being snarky or but is it just being not, like. Because he just like, they're, he, he's like, there's no. a toy trap down there. And Buzz looks down. He's like, where? Just down there. And when they're really, if, if the magic eight ball is an actual toy. Right. Then he's not lying yeah, he's yeah. just leading him down a path but it doesn't that, seem to yeah. be i don't think it is i don't think it is which is an interesting delineation of what counts I as a toy so and as what real. does not i mean clearly the you know the checker pieces aren't coming to life they're just inanimate that's true um i don't know do you need maybe you need, you need some kind of face you need some kind of eyes at least mm. like the little binoculars uh it's something i don't know it's a good question it struck me in the watching as well <laughs> Uh, the other toys, except Bo Peep and Slinky, rebel against Woody, condemning him for stranding Buzz out of jealousy. Before they can exact revenge, because they turn on him so toot sweet. Yeah. Uh, Andy, well, Potato Head's a bit oh, of a rabble rouser. I didn't remember how much Potato Head is like such an antagonist right from the beginning. Oh man, when he takes his lips oh, off and starts because Slinky, the- Slinky Dog is such a fan of Woody's, yeah. and it's so like, come on, guys, let's listen up to Woody. And Potato Head, yeah, takes the lips off and slaps him against his own butt. Uh, I was like, wow, that. That's a good That's, on you for slipping that mm-hmm. by uh, in a children's film. I was some, pretty surprised by uh, just kissing kissing your butt. Um, it's real kiss ass. Before they can exact revenge, Andy takes Woody and leaves for Pizza Planet. When the family stops for gas, Woody finds that Buzz has hitched a ride on their van. A fight breaks out, which causes the two to fall out of the van, and the family leaves without them. This is where my anxiety really began. Um, uh, anxiety <laughs> may be a bit toys. strong, but I was like, guys, get back in the car. This is, don't you know you're going to be? Then they're they're left. They're left at a gas station. And then that truck pulls up, and Woody just like, oh, play oh. that, and that tire almost crushes his little face, and you're like, Eep. Picks our nose from stakes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they find their way. They hitch a ride in the back of a pizza delivery truck or Woody in the back of a pizza to, delivery truck. Specifically to Pizza Planet. To Pizza Planet, yes. And it was very, you don't think about it being Pizza Planet, that having any significance. It's just like the name of a pizza parlor right. until you see that the car has the rocket the, on it. A little you're rocket like, chip oh, on that's top. that's really clever. And that's how he convinces Buzz. It's like, oh, look, yes. there's a rocket chip. Uh, Buzz gets them when they get to Pizza Planet. Uh, Buzz gets them stuck in a crane game full of alien toys, the clown, where they are salvaged by Andy's neighbor Sid, who is fond of torturing and destroying his toys. What a creep! Such a creep! Such a terrifying mm. villain of this film. Uh, while Woody attempts to escape from Sid's house, Buzz f- 
finally realizes that he is a toy when he sees a Buzz Lightyear action figure TV ad and sinks into despondency after trying and failing to fly out the window. Man, Randy Newman really sticks it to you there with a like, <laughs> oh no, wait, a bridge of hopefulness. Oh, oh man, no. I love it. I love it. I love these Randy Newman songs. When you think you can fly and you can't and you <laughs> fall, I'm Randy Newman. <laughs> Um, Rand, I'd never, it never had occurred to me before until hearing, maybe it was you has got a friend in me or it was wh- whatever, yeah. uh, but how much Randy Newman, and I, I say this with all respect, <laughs> it's kind of like discount Elton John. Mm, like yeah. there's just like the piano and the, but we got sounds, the chords that, mo- you know. It sounds like if Elton John was a toy himself, if Elton John was like a ventriloquist doll, that's what the voice would sound like. You got a friend in me, hold me closer, time to dance, um. I mean, that's what Randy sounds. That's what Randy Newman sounds like to me. Um, I'm not picturing. Here's the difference. Randy Newman, an accordion falling down the stairs, is is that voice, and I love it. I love it. But he's also not. He is not like kicking piano benches out of the way during his performance. Randy Newman is like, I'm gonna sit on this piano bench and play a tune that's a little charming and maybe tugs at the heartstrings. Oh, absolutely. And then we'll all go home. Absolutely. Again, no disrespect. No disrespect. It's hard to write a good tune. Oh. He's great. I love I love the songs in this. I really only mainly remembered, you know, You Got a Friend in May is the classic one. I right. forgot this like fun random like Weezer. Is that like as he was as if he was covering like a Weezer song, that one like it's a strange day when things are changing around you. Perfect. <laughs> we you. have I didn't successfully know Randy conveyed was the song here in the room. And avoided copyright <laughs> infringement. <laughs> You got me there. Uh, also, I like the ad where Buzz realizes he's a toy. It says, which I found interesting, the world's greatest superhero, now the world's greatest toy. So is Buzz Lightyear... Like a TV show? Well, I was thinking it's supposed to be a stand-in for like Buzz Aldrin, either just being like a real superhero oh. or this real astronaut, or is he maybe like a movie, like a character? That was my thought. Because this is also mid-90s when you're so... You're really getting into branding tie-ins. I mean, obviously, they have been doing branding tie-ins for, you know, decades at this point. But, like, I think we weren't quite at the point where many films were making the merch as they're creating the movie or the TV show. Um, I think a lot of them would would think about, like, gee, it'd be great to have lunchboxes. But it wasn't, like... At the release, before the film was released, we have action figures out, you know? Totally. I forgot that in the second one, they have, like, the, this Toy Story, or sorry, Buzz Lightyear video game that Rex is, like, playing and trying to be with Zer- mm-hmm. Emperor Zerg, mm-hmm. and that Woody learns that there's this whole Woody's Roundup TV show from, like, the 1950s, because oh, right. he's, like, I guess, like, a howdy doody type yeah. thing. So I'm like, oh, okay, so that's where Woody probably started from this TV show and then became toys, or vice versa. Um, and then Buzz, like, maybe, I, I was thinking, like, Buzz... I was imagining him like a real life movie character, like a real life person. Like if they cut to like, like a, a real Rangers guy, kind of yeah, thing. exactly. And then they make the Power Rangers toys. Emperor Zerg feels very Power Rangers inspired. This is very true. This is very true. But I now that say, you're saying I mean, it, I, th- I think it's yeah. There's probably a buzz. There's probably just a Buzz Lightyear cartoon, and now they have like the Buzz Lightyear toys. We'll made. talk about Remember. it more when we get to it. But like the the like delight of having tim allen play this character that then like knowing galaxy quest oh, so well yeah uh, i was just like this tickles me roles. in a way that it, it plays 100%. so perfectly upon his uh blowhard it sure do nature 
Uh, Sid plans to launch Buzz on a firework rocket, but his plans are delayed by a thunderstorm. And we get a great shot of Sid's uh, band poster for Mega Dork, which is, I don't know how, what, maybe that's just like the most, the most metal you can be to name yourself Metal Dork, where you're like, we Mega dare Dork. you. Well, it was like Megadeth, but yeah, to call Dork. Me- I was like, is Sid putting anything with Dork? But yeah, maybe it's they're that metal that they're like, yeah. Exactly. We are so cool, so metal. We don't care. If, we'll put dork in our title. We and dare you're still you to make fun gonna of us. Love still gonna it. you mad at us. Uh, Woody tells <laughs> It's a mega dork is playing a tune. <laughs> I was like, Where Randy are we Newman going? covering uh Mega Dork. Mega Dork. <laughs> it's a mega dork. It's a dork to the max. Mega dork. Uh, Woody tells Buzz about the joy he can bring to Andy as a toy, restoring his confidence. The next morning, Woody and Sid's mutant creature toys rescue Buzz just as Sid is about to launch the rocket, and they scare Sid into no longer abusing his toys. It's also like a lo- there's a lovely like second like a B plot here of like obviously accepting people who are who are different than us that totally. we don't understand yep. and not making assumptions about people, but yeah. also like trauma survivors like yeah, the way yeah, that yeah. they all respond when they hear that sid has come and they like yeah. run and scatter it's like yeah well these are it i mean it's really layered beautiful storytelling in that way totally agreed uh they rescue him and scare sid woody and buzz leave just as andy and his family drive away toward their new home what timing the, what stakes and this is when you were just like every i was freaking 30 out. seconds we're just like ah <laughs> but again i know there are four of these also i'd seen this movie clearly many times. i probably haven't seen it in 15 years sure, you know yeah. but i was just i was like oh come on get on that car boys the duo try to make it to the moving van but sid's dog scud sees them and gives chase buzz ends up stranded while saving woody from scud and woody tries rescuing him with rc a radio controlled car thinking that woody is trying to get rid of rc as well the other toys toss him off the truck having evaded scud buzz and rc retrieve woody as they continue to go after the truck and the other toys realize they're mistake and try to help them get back aboard but rc's batteries become depleted stranding them that's when you were that's also when you were like really like no now the batteries were (laughs) i couldn't stand it each time a new obstacle is added well also like it was outlandish that car was going that fast we have you know young nephews those cars will slam into things quite hard but they can't go that fast no this is true you know what toy story uh inaccurate (laughs) um uh, i don't think the science tracks cartoon I don't think the science adds up. Uh, Buzz realizes that Sid's rocket is still strapped to his back, and they ignite it, hurtling them toward the truck. Woody manages to throw RC back into the truck before they soar into the air, and Buzz opens his wings to free himself from the rocket before it explodes. <laughs> Gliding, they they accidentally hit that seagull, and then they and then him and Woody glide to, and land safely. Hey, I'm just Scully. It was there all the time. Oh, we sure, didn't sure. Even know, you know? Uh, they land safely into a box of the van right next to Andy, who thinks they were in the car all along. And the film ends on Christmas Day as Buzz is nervous about what new toys might join them. As Woody jokingly asks, "What could be worse than Buzz?" They discover Andy's new gift is a puppy, and the two share a worried what? smile. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, it is. You're like, yep, that's it. That's it. That's how you lose it's an puppy. arm real fast, Buzz. Oh, no kidding. No. That's how you like kidding. get like chompy nubby fingers. Is you get those uh, chompy nubby fingers. You know, your dog's like, oh, this is delicious. Puppies love chompy nubby fingers. Yeah. Well, no, they love an unnubby finger. Oh, I see. They let you nub an unnubbed finger. Look, my dog, even when it was no longer a puppy, man, she loved to chew on things. Sure. Yeah. 
Our, our dog did to extend. She she really calmed down. Once our dog was no longer a puppy, or the dog growing up, Brandy, she uh really calmed down. She did she would uh she did scratch the crap out of a picture of herself once, which I thought was really funny to be like, What's this dog? What's this tiny little dog doing here? Hey, hey. Oh, I was thinking hey. like, no photos. No. <laughs> I look hideous. Oh, of course. I of course immediately went to Norma Desmond. You didn't capture my good side. Yeah, this is how our our golden retriever Brandy talked. You didn't no. capture my good side. Only from the right. <laughs> You're oh, very exactly. affable. <laughs> yes, like amber sweet, golden sweet retriever. Dog. Uh, exactly. Who would barely? Who wouldn't even bark? Was just like two. Just like, well, I don't want to do that. And would like barely leave two rooms. Um, <laughs> two rooms. She'd stay in the den and like the kitchen. She wouldn't even go. She wouldn't even go all the way into the kitchen. She would just be like, oh, it's a little too far for me. <laughs> uh, the casting directors of Toy Story were Mike Fenton, Janet Hershenson, Jane Jenkins, and Ruth Lambert. Lots of familiar names mm-hmm. in here, Jeff. Sure are. Fenton cast our past episode One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, <laughs> along with. <laughs> How dare you? You're welcome. Along with films like Back to the Future and Aliens, Hershenson and Jenkins cast our previous films, The Princess Bride, Beetlejuice, Jurassic Park, and Ghost. And Lambert was the go-to casting director for Disney and Pixar for about a decade, starting with 1995, casting Toy Story and Pocahontas, and going on to cast such films as Hunchback of Notre Dame, Mulan, Hercules, A Bug's Life, Tarzan, Emperor's New Groove, and Monsters, Inc. So is this person responsible for Judy Kuhn being the singing voice of Pocahontas? If so, good job. Probably. Uh, along with a lot of, as I said, all, all of these. Mulan, no, it's all this. Uh, great, you know, but yeah. that was, you know. Well, yes, true. Having I mean, a Broadway star just full throat <laughs> belting, I'm never mad about it. Why would you be? Why would you be? Uh, and again, Broadway star Leah Salonga with, oh, uh, with Mulan, of course. Yes. Yeah. Also, speaking of singing, speaking of the songs, we've talked a bit about Randy Newman. It wasn't always going to be Randy Newman. Oh, pray tell. During the production of the movie, Steve Jobs made a private call to producer Ralph Guggenheim one night, trying to convince him to use, you guessed it, Bob Dylan as writer and performer of the soundtrack. That's, I was like, a little surprising. who could it be? David Bowie? You know, but David Bowie like has Elton a lot John more would whimsy. Make sense. Elton John would be perfect. Especially be like, Elton, we loved having you last year on Lion King. Like, can we get you back for Toy Story? He, so we he, know we've yeah. got a built-in, like, whatever. And he also, like, knows how to write in a, in a way that makes you, like, want to levitate off the yeah, ground. Sure. You know? Or David, but David Bowie would be amazing. Yes, but Bob Dylan is like, I'm going <laughs> to sink back and really listen to these lyrics, <laughs> you know? And not like, I'll take a ride about these I, of course little toys. But, but at least randy newman's like bippin and boppin jubilance yes, fits in this absolutely. just imagining like how many roads must a toy walk down <laughs> before he knows he's a toy like I he's can't. a toy <laughs> he's a toy it's like tom waits he's a toy. <laughs> would be a better Ride fit the wind, tom man. waits at least has a more oh, like tom whimsical waits sensibility great i would love it it'd be terrifying tom waits would do all the songs once they're in sid's house yes when you're falling under the bed and you got a spider, monster head. Spider, spider baby head. I'm so and a flawless the Tom Waits. clap from under the bed. I would believe that that's a Tom Waits song. In the spider. <laughs> oh, Tom Waits should have done the music for Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Now oh. I'm getting more a little interested than Bono and The Edge. Oh, oh now I'm angered. That instead we got <laughs> You know what, Bono? We're angered. We're we're peeved. Peeved. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Connor. And I'm Caroline. And we are the hosts of Poor Unfortunate Podcast, a podcast for all those grown-up Disney lovers looking for people to shoot the shit about Disney the way they do with their friends. If a BuzzFeed Disney quiz came to life in the form of a podcast, this would be it. Join us as we talk about things like tips and tricks for exploring Disney parks. The masterpiece that is 1997 Cinderella starring Brandy and Whitney Houston. Specially curated Disney movie marathons and playlists for when you have nothing better to do with your life. The joy of a Grand Marnier slush from Epcot and so much more. So if you're listening right now and thinking, these are my people, give Poor Unfortunate Podcast a listen. And if you're not, this ad's almost over. New episodes drop every other Monday, and we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Beluga Sabruga. Now, let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. I'm a clean slate. (laughs) Oh, clean slate, Jackson, they call her. That's what they call me. So let's kick it off with, oh, Roundup Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yo, Sheriff, howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, That shark is really the the best character in the film. I can't believe that shark doesn't have more to do. It's so funny. And that is a line that I was like, why do I remember this? And one of my best friends growing up, we just said that line. She was a shark. You know, I lived by the ocean. She's cowboy shark. In in the north of Texas, uh, you know, where there's plenty of ocean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she thought that line was so funny. We, so we would do that all the time. So I'm like, oh, that's why. Because Melissa Tatum and I would just be like, hi, I'm, I'm Woody. Woody. Which is not oh, even the God. line. I was shocked to be. It's like, look, I'm Woody. And I was like, well, we get the point. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah, look, I'm Woody. Which is fine. I get the point. But I always thought it was high because I, uh, it's I one of misremembered. Those, it's one of those famous misquoted lines like, play it again, Sam. Like, which they never say in Casablanca. Or, I'm ready um, for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Or, that's or, not the quote. Luke, I'm your father. That's not the line. Correct. Oh, man. And it, this should be right up there is the shark <laughs> in Toy Story. <laughs> look. is it? It's look I'm winning? Look. look. Well, because he's got the hat. He emerges mm. from the treasure chest of toys with the hat and says, look. I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. If the delivery is, there's it's a reason the it's iconic. the animation of how floppy the shark is. It's, it's so, so funny. Good. But the fact that you and I had incredibly oh, different childhoods in different parts of the country, yeah. and yet, when we sat down to watch this movie, we were both excited yeah. about howdy, howdy, howdy. If, you know, if Tom Hanks didn't want to come back as Woody, and they'd want, and I, I think they could have easily, for those sequels, replaced him with the shark. Oh, my Just gosh. have the shark with That's the cowboy hat. That's actually a great Halloween costume idea, is a shark, <gasps> a shark with, with a cowboy the hat? cowboy oh hat, and then it's, all done, you do is say, howdy, done, howdy, 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 all night. Done, 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 done. This oh. is, we're making that, we're going to make You're that happen welcome, for next, listener. next Halloween. And then the other person is Woody minus the hat, I think is a great couple's costume. <laughs> that is so niche, but at the same time, not niche at no, all. No, that's not niche. It's specific. It is it's specific. It's not niche, but it's specific. I, mean, I feel like Randy Newman is a more niche Halloween Look, costume. Look, everything I want to do is niche. I once went as sexy Laura Wingfield from The Glass Menagerie. <laughs> like that, it, with like a tight bodycon white dress and like an ankle wrap. Like that is niche. Okay. You know what? You're not wrong. Like, and, a, like a bouquet of blue roses. And the unicorn. You had like a little unicorn. I had a little unicorn, like really a, sells it. like a little, um, you know, like a horse on a stick. But this was a unicorn on a you stick, know, like a corn dog on a stick. But like it's a horse. You know, a you know that horse? But it's on like a, a stick. horse that you're like, giddy up, and you ride it like 
around like a pony, mm-hmm. um, but it's a <laughs> unicorn, and I had a bouquet of blue roses. You sure did. And yeah. I was living my Laura Wingfield dream. You know what? You're right. If, if they can have sexy vegetable costumes, <laughs> they can have sexy Laura Wingfield costumes. <laughs> I, you are not wrong, and I will not uh, dispute that. Uh, so let's kick it off with Woody. Image of your thoughts on Tom Hanks, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I have written here, jerk Tom Hanks is mm. awesome. Yeah. One of the reasons I think he works so well in this part is, number one, it's Tom Hanks. I mean, come on. He's an incredible actor, but also he's a national treasure that we all like like we just like give it we're like oh tom hanks i love you so he can be a bit irritable and we still find it endearing like him and catch me if you can which we rewatched recently i was like him being kind of like just irritated all the time is a fun quality on tom hanks because he's built this body of work where it's like well i'm just the guy you're bound to root for against all odds so having him be like this guy you totally understand why he's in charge oh, if, if i had to pick if i knew someone was going to scream at me for like three days straight i would pick tom hanks if i was like yes. someone's going to scream at me and make me cry it's like it'd be t- i wanted to be tom hanks because i think that's the nicest person to have scream in your face 100 <laughs> percent. so i think that he is an utter delight so most of my choices are people that we give a lot of uh, like, like that we look up to or that we adore already mm. like as a as an Love audience it. so that he can get away with trying to like he's not trying to kill buzz but but doing yeah. some things that are like dude i come mean this on. It, it was touch and go they almost like shut down production because the original screening they did woody was such a jerk that they were all like this is the film doesn't this work. can't the be film your is protagonist yeah. so they went back and added a lot and i think you can easily see the stuff in the beginning of him like being like the real leader yeah. of him being like oh wow good job at your sketch working on this like oh good look at you doing this thing the stuff where they kind of cut to these new scene mm. new little bits bits and bobs probably adding to the stuff with slinky just to like give us more i save the cat moments like you know which exactly. i don't know that he even really has one but it's yeah. just like yeah. oh everybody likes him no he oh i i can't remember now what it was but he definitely does i forget I, f- I can't remember what it was, but he has something where he's like, oh, let me help you there, toy. You're stuck on your back. Or he- it's not that, but it's like yeah. something along those lines. Um, even like showing him where it's like the Sarge of the Ar- Green Army Men is like, yeah. like, like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And what he's like, at ease. Is, is so but like, okay, I don't I need don't, that. I, like, you don't, I don't, don't need... give me all that status. Right, exactly. Like that he can, but that then when, when it happens as it gets kind of darker and darker into mm, the yeah. the dark night of the soul. Because it's, it's true, though. When you are riding high, yeah. you can afford to be nice. <laughs> it's when you are having your status challenged that we kind of see who you, you see truly the true colors. Yeah. Shining through. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, like, if, if you want to hear, like, some of my thoughts on other people, they're all yeah. people that I think we give a lot of just like, oh, you get a lot for free because of your history sure, in the sure. cinema. So, like, my first thought, and this is obviously not um, – uh, this would have been if this movie was made much earlier, but like right. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, absolutely. That's the kind of what yeah. we're like, I yeah. just love you. Yeah. You know, I could see that. Dick Van Dyke. I, I suggest now this next actor for just about every mm-hmm. movie that we do, but it always works. And that's Paul Rudd. Um, yeah, he's, I see that. Yeah. he is a fine actor mm-hmm. and does a lot of like comedy. I feel like he would do a marvelous yeah. job with this. Yeah. This movie being made more like today. Yes. Paul Rudd. Yeah, that makes so much sense yeah. to me. I then have, and this is maybe a little more like 2000 choice, Bill Pullman. 
another okay. someone who's just like now he yeah, he yeah. he's more of a character he's, he's actor. playing the president in ninety six exactly he's so affable yeah like even yeah. like like watching what is it the last seduction where he's like a yeah. real jerk is like <gasps> Bill Pullman <laughs> you know I'm scandalized sure, you know sure. and then here's a thought that kind of like breaks my heart to suggest Uh-oh. but like Chadwick Boseman. You know, just as someone, it's like, oh, yes, you're so like watching because after he died, I watched an awful lot of interviews with him. And just like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I get why everyone like was because I don't watch a lot of like celebrity Mm. interviews in general, um, uh, unless they're like making the rounds for a particular reason. And so I watched but I watched a lot with him. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's so charming. He's so fun. And obviously, like he's played these like. The, well one in particular iconic role but i was like oh yeah i would like he's someone who it's like we understand him to be a leader yeah and he's like so charming and we will we'll take the right we'll yeah. give him a lot of benefit of the doubt um and then my other choice and this is a bit out there um is daniel craig specifically as benoit blog in <laughs> nice daniel craig doing this weird southern accent which is not a cowboy accent typically but the, the south right. was a large yeah, place round there's a snake in my boot and this birthday has been a moved up a, a we, we thought we had a river of molasses to cross before we got to that birthday, but it turns out it's coming up on us like an angry bull, everybody. Now, Sergeant, I, uh, put yourself at ease for me. Uh, like that, I, I adore him in that movie. It's so, it's such I a stupid it? choice, but I was like, I would sure. watch yeah, that. Sure. I would buy that. Yeah, sure. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I couldn't really think of many people. I was like, let's be clear. Tom Hanks is I mean, perfect. He's so good. So I was mainly thinking of just like, who's someone that can do like the righteous indignation and just be so mm. furious and their fury is funny. And also because we've been watching so much third rock, I was like, John Lithgow is the person I could think mm. of, of the person that's like, all right, all right, everybody. And immediately can turn on that dime to just be like hysterical. I think I was also thinking of people I would believe as a, like a cowboy. Sure. Like, I mean, and- Tom Hanks is not someone I could ever picture as a live action cowboy. Total. You know? No, no, no. Not as a live action cowboy. Oh, but I thinking, you know, like, who sam elliott as uh, woody the cowboy look i'm never mad about sam elliott being in a motion picture um but john lithgow is so always so well, shakespearean yeah. you know i am from texas and i've never been cast as a texan you know sometimes we run from the things that are closest to us you know what i mean um i have no idea where john lithgow's from he could be from alabama i doubt it um, but he could be. But I think that that's something where I'm just like, I just don't buy this, like, sure, the sure. Southern charm I, yeah, thing. I mean, I, it's really, I was just, like, trying to come up with anyone. Or I was like, maybe Michael Keaton, who does show up in Toy Story mm. 3, playing Ken. The, the Ken doll. <laughs> the, yes, the titular, the titular, the Ken of Barbie. The Ken. Ken. The Ken. The, I was going to say titular Ken, but it's not. No, to- he's not the title Toy of story, anything. Ken story. Ken uh, no, story. No, no, no. It's like he's someone like, oh, I could also kind of see that. But it's like, it's really Tom Hanks. It's uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, So La- John Lasseter always wanted Tom Hanks to play Woody. Why he- wouldn't you just cast Tom Hanks? In? If you, if you mean, yeah. can put that out there, you put him on any like character board you yeah. have but similar to what we were discussing he claimed that hanks had the quote the ability to take emotions and make them appealing even if the character is down and out and despicable which totally yeah it's also a good vocal performance like because normally yeah. with when you're doing animation in particular like you don't you you have the animator doing a lot of the acting for you and they're basing it on the vocal performance but if there's yeah if you're someone who's used to acting in front of a camera and a lot of that information is being conveyed like through your eyes through your what 
and you're not used to like, but how do I put all of that into the vocal performance? Mm. I think he does a great job of that. It felt like a very non-Tom Tom, non Tom Hanks performance I agree, yeah. in that he was putting so much more into the voice specifically than he normally would. Yeah, he said it's exhausting doing the vocal sessions because Woody, everything about him is so pinched. Mm. Um, and to just to live in that for hours while it's, it's you're like, yeah, that is the difference of like everything is like so like siphoned into a single point with yeah. Woody. It's so. All uh, those limbs are gone. Like, it feels like yeah, that's what yeah. the voice is doing too. Totally. Totally. So uh, Tom Hanks recorded, he started recording in 1991 because like all, all these films, he said all the films apparently take like four years to do. Well, that makes sense, but that's still. <laughs> well, because especially back then of how long it took to do mm -hmm. like, because com computer animation, you know, the first computer animated film. So they would get, you know, they were getting his audio to then start animating. And then of course they were having to do like the equivalent of reshoots to be like, our movie doesn't work. Woody's a jerk. Oh. Like we got to kind of shift this film around. Um, but uh, he would record his dialogue during the breaks of Sleepless in Seattle in 93 and League of Their Own in 92. That blows my mind. But he didn't want to record his dialogue during the breaks of Philadelphia in 93 sure. or Forrest Gump in 94 because he felt he shouldn't do comedic roles in between minutes of playing serious roles. You think? Uh, yeah. I mean, for some people, that might just be like, please, please give a, me a break. I need a break. Let me record some Woody on my days off from Philadelphia. For sure. Uh, but I will say that there are times when it's just like, it feels less athletic mm, to just like sit in that place and be like, yeah. if I try to yank myself out of it and then I have to pull myself right back into it, that's exhausting. This is like why there's certain roles I've done where I just either haven't gone to the opening night party or I have waited half an hour 45 minutes after everyone else is there to go in and just like i remember doing a regional show and just sitting in my car for half an hour outside of the venue where the party was happening because i was like I, I just need time to come back to myself because you hadn't been we hadn't been doing it that much and I, like my body was not like ready to put that away i was like i just need to come back kind of down to earth so that i don't have to be like i'm I was just tricking my body for two and a half hours into thinking like everyone around me was dying. Oh, man. But now I'm okay, you know. Fooled you, body. Uh, so let's get into it. So right off the bat, Pixar wanted Paul Newman, but could not afford him due to their low budget. That actually makes sense. I could see that working. You know, I mean, Butch I mean, Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like, yeah, you're thinking of like people that of cowboy. It feels like the real thought was cowboys. Cowboys that um, the world is obsessed with. Sure, and he of course would he would go on to voice uh, Doc in Cars, which I think was his last role. See, I didn't I mean, know that because yeah. what I haven't seen is Cars. <laughs> I think I took my my nieces to Cars or one of them. The a lot anyway. of people saw it. So a lot of these choices. I mean, it's interesting. We'll get into them, of course, but of these choices that are veer more towards that. We're, we're especially because if you're thinking of the film as you know, out with the old, in with the new. If the cowboy toy is like, this is such an old time. Mm, you want toy. like an old guard And now actor. there's a hot, flashy young actor, a young new Buzz Lightyear. Um, then you're like, yeah, that makes sense to have Paul Newman. But it is, it reminds me so much of whoever that guy is that voiced the Golden Retriever in Homeward Bound, where you had like, you know, where it's just like this old man's voice where, it's like, where this dog is like licking this kid's face and it's like, oh, Charlie, I love you, son. I love you, buddy. Oh, my God. Jimmy Stewart, and I'm like, is that Ugh. you? Um, it wasn't, but it felt like they wanted Jimmy Stewart. And he was just like, I just, I'm Jimmy Stewart, I'm voicing great Fible choice Goes for West. Woody, honestly. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, Tom Hanks, any Jimmy Stewart, Tom Hanks, crossover come on come, come on, on. Um, Ooh, i just had another good thought for buzz now thinking great. about all those people. great love it save it we're gonna get to oh we end. are great paul hogan 
Crocodile Dundee. I was about to say, I don't even know who that is. No, when I think Crocodile Dundee, here is how much I know Crocodile Dundee. I think of Steve Irwin. Sure. Who is not Crocodile Dundee, but is in my heart, you know? I mean, yeah, he's the he's the only, cro- anyone related to Crocodile that I would want. I mean, Paul yeah. Hogan feels like the exact opposite of Steve Irwin to me. Steve Irwin just seems, it's like such a genuine was yes. such a genuine, beautiful soul. And Paul Hogan is just a nightmare of a human being. Well. Uh, like, he's just gone, like, a real deep dive into a trash trash fire of a, of a man over mm. the years. Uh, so, I get it. I mean, those Crocodile Dundee movies, Dundee movies were successful, I guess. But, uh, you know what? I retract that. I don't get it. I don't get why you don't <laughs> want him. Um, this other person, this next person, similar, of, like, we just want a cowboy. You know, oh, what kid doesn't want to play with their own toy Clint Eastwood? <laughs> That's okay. right. Andy's okay. my toy. I did at one point think about James Coburn, but I was like, James Coburn is Who's way too in, rough. Um, Monsters Inc. I think he's uh, the villain. He's Water News. But see, James Coburn either has to be your villain right. or your movie has to be a lot darker. That's right. It's me, James Coburn, as Sid, that mean old boy <laughs> torturing my toys. I love blowing things up. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, Clint Eastwood That's is hilarious to think. Calm down, Slinky Dog. No one's your Andy would never replace Andy. you. <laughs> you are a toy. <laughs> I'm upset. Uh, yeah, he was busy doing the Bridges of Madison County in 1995 instead. Which better choice? Better choice for him. It worked out great. Worked out for, for that was ninety five. Ninety five. Bridges wow. Madison County. Wow. Mm. Well, him and Muriel Streep. Muriel Streep. Muriel. 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 Mariah Streep. Mariah Streep. Here's an interesting one, um, which I'm, I, I kind of wanted. To, I was gonna wait because listener home. Maybe Joe was taking a sip from her drink. So sorry. Um, and no, no, it's fine. But I was very tempted to say it because I knew you'd oh, spit dear. it out. Oh dear. Uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> I'm a real cowboy. <laughs> Um, again, I'm so sorry. I am a dialect coach, but I practice those things. Um, Andy's my toy. And of course, you know, uh, RIP, Sean Connery did pass away. Mm-hmm. He was a difficult man for a lot of reasons. Mm. So as a person, eh, but he did, he did give us some, whatever, indelible performances. Indelible. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, but thankfully Woody was not one of them. No, I don't try. No. Never, never. When he was playing a Russian in Hunt for Red October, when he was playing, uh, a Spaniard in Highlander. When he was playing uh, any, when he's playing, I think, Irish in Untouchables, he was always Scottish. Uh, he was never not Scottish. So the idea of the Scottish cow- cowboy is a... Uh, a scowboy. A scowboy is uh, pretty hilarious to me. I just don't see it. What are you talking about? Wait, I mean, I get it. You you're talking about? We just want a big name, but not Sean Connery. Not, not him. Not him. Not him. Uh, we had the Goots. Steve Gutenberg g- was considered... I mean, I I get it, but I I don't need it. No, yeah. I mean, he was still... He, instead, in 1985, he was doing two films I've seen way too many times. Uh, it Takes Two. I knew you were going to say. I, knew, I was like, this feels like it's exactly in the right oh, sweet spot for I It Takes Two. I just see that film multiple times. I read the novelization of It Takes I Two. I probably did as well. I was obsessed with the Olsen twins. We had all of their TV shows, oh, yeah. all of their made-for-TV the movies. Fun. How the West was fun. Fun, baby. <laughs> Martin Mull was in that. How can you oh, not? How could you not? You got the mull? <laughs> you got the mull? You got Colonel um, Mustard himself Colonel being Mustard villainous? Himself. I'm, and, and I also knew him 
from as uh, the principal in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I was just like, oh, Martin Mull. Oh. Um, I think it was probably what I saw first before Clue. And then I was like, oh, it's the principal. Oh, see, we watched Clue early on in my house. Too sure. young, too young. It's a comedy <laughs> until the lights go out. And then you're like, oh, people are going to stab me to death <laughs> oh, in my sleep. Oh, no. Oh, no. I guess that, that makes sense. You're like, yeah, it's just a fun like comedy. But when you're a kid, you're like, yes, we were but like, then she's got a knife in her I back. I was like seven watching that movie and being like, I love this. I'm so afraid. <laughs> Uh, I'm laughing. I'm scared. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I might have tried to use It Takes Two uh, to write a paper on in class when I was <gasps> nine. I would be like, you could just pick any book. You could pick any book to do, like, just, like, write, like, a little Kirstie one page. Kirstie Alley's paper. novelized performance. Oh, my God. Yikes. yikes I'll never burn forget it. the, the like, <sighs> parent trap uh, swap thing of, like, hmm. the one twin who's like, I'm not classy, you know? Right, right. Well, and when I say parent trap... Listener, I mean the Haley Mills version. I saw the Lindsay Lohan version in theaters, and that was the one and only time. Anyway, but her not knowing how to play piano, and, and like, at this party, she's like, and uh, uh, something, something, chopping. And it's like, <laughs> what a real hoot. Oh, Everyone good. knows you don't call it chopping. Oh. Um, so you would, you as you said, like, you were going to guess It Takes Two. But there's another film Gutenberg was in 1985 I that i so it. many times. The Big Green. I don't even know what that is. <gasps> what that is. Oh, it was like your classic like Sandlot, uh, Little Giants type film, but it's all these just ragged muffins playing soccer and Goots was the coach. I tell you what I hate, sports. Sure. And their affiliations. I Meaning everyone was films. capitalizing on Mighty Ducks. It was all like, oh. I did get see a, Mighty Ducks. I liked hockey because it was indoors and cold. Right. Get a like a name-ish comedic actor and put a bunch of weird, wild, interesting kids to like be terrible at a sport and at the very end they'll be good at the sport i think one of the kids in sandlot like the bigger like the freckly red haired kid is sure. in big green he's i think he's on the cover no, getting I a soccer ball the in the nards but that felt more like a coming of age story than strictly speaking a baseball film oh of course you know what i mean yeah now well, question... these films are always about learning about yourself they're not about the sport no one Gosh, cares no one cares people that care about sports don't go to these films for the sports they go they watch sports for the sports was Steve Gutenberg the guy in Multiplicity, or was that Michael? That Keaton? was Michael Keaton. Oh wow! See. Yeah, by the night, yeah, that was uh, the Goots wasn't headlining films that big by that time. Michael Keaton was maybe was Michael Keaton the like more successful Gutenberg? Well, he's a better actor. Well, sure, but I mean, in terms of like a similarity of roles of like stuff that they did, like, could, is there an alternate world where Michael Keaton is stuck making eighteen Police Academy movies? Oh, and I don't want to Gutenberg think about that. is Birdman. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg is Batman? <laughs> I I don't think that's an alternate reality. I think there's not like a clear sliding doors Let's column A, column B. Um, you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, Goots, don't eat it. Uh, how, about, how about, as Woody, Robin Williams? I thought about Robin Williams. Well, I, I mean, and it. we were just, yeah. you know, talking about Robin Williams in a voiceover capacity with regards to Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit, yeah. Um, so I thought about him in like all of these roles, basically. Mm. Here's the thing. Robin Williams is the best. Yeah. I would put Robin Williams into any of these. Yeah. However, it's the kind of thing about like a cocaine-fueled voice session <laughs> with Robin Williams is going to yield you a lot. Um, oh, you, 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 want me, you want me to record this for four years? Oh, oh, just better, better fill the garbage truck with that cocaine. I would say Robin Williams is very like chaotic neutral. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong, but like it just just generally no, that, that tracks because like he did so many. If you look at the roles he's playing, yeah. I don't mean like as a human. I never met the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, like he because he plays like a lot of like, oh, our dads in the 90s. But he's also like 
uh, like playing like way out there. So so I do feel like you can edit that more easily in a vocal session than yeah. you can when it's on camera because you can yeah. just do a ton of takes and choose the ones you want. Hold on, this is um, true. This is true. So I I like the uh, I like the sound idea. engineers that are just listening to like. But that's what I mean. It's like straight. you're having to do a lot more. Whereas I think like yeah. Tom Hanks is going to give right. you a more consistent. This is what I'm going to do performance. And and no. look, there's like both camps are totally valid. Like Ian Holm sure. talks about like I try to give them three different options basically for every take i do which is like useful but also if you're someone like daniel day lewis you're like no this is the performance i have chosen it it will be the same every take it will be deep but you will this is the performance and you're not gonna you're not gonna make me look bad right basically i'm I'm just imagining daniel day lewis's witty just being like (laughs) whenever whenever my kids enter the room i fall down to the ground pretending i'm an inanimate toy again oh my god yeah how how would you be that method in an animated capacity? I think he just wouldn't do it. He'd be like, I, I can't get myself into the mind of a toy. So hard pass. I have enormous respect for what he does, but also for me, so much of acting is play. Mm. And I'm sure that if I were to work with him, I'd have a different understanding of what right. he does based what, uh, than what the narrative is. But it just seems like uh, it doesn't seem fun to me what you do, bro. Like, well, And I, I take he, what I do very seriously, he, like he, too seriously. He plays, but he's. He, I think he's in the mindset where it's like, I work hard and I play hard. <laughs> well, like you look at Daniel Plainview and that is, that's an actor playing. That's an actor That's playing. an actor having a great time. But I'm like, what was that set like, I don't know. Well, I mean, the original guy playing Paul Dano quit because he was too terrified. I love that he wasn't Daniel playing <laughs> the other guy. He was playing Paul Dano. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, Daniel, maybe? I think Daniel. Daniel. I don't know. No, I don't no, 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 sorry. He's Daniel. He's Daniel Plainview. So it was um Eli. That's right. Eli. Eli. I drink. Yeah. Paul Dano is playing the twin brothers, but he's only Correct. supposed to be the other brother. I did spend a lot of that movie going, wait. Is I this know. the same actor? I know. It's it wasn't set weird. up strongly enough. Twin, I think they just had to make them twin brothers because they're like, oh, shoot, let's have Paul Dano now play this guy. But it doesn't – you never see the other brother again. I don't it's think just it dumb. read well. It doesn't make sense. But you know what? I enjoyed I enjoyed the film nonetheless. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Well, now we've gotten really off the rails. My color commentary we is have, taking us we'll, to a tornado. You can, of... we, you can also consider this your end almost starring for There Will Be Blood too, because I think that's the only other <laughs> alternate casting choice. <laughs> and Steve Gutenberg as Daniel Plainview. Yeah, well, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know. Um, as Woody – Alec Baldwin. I did actually think about him. I was trying to, but he, for me, was too much in the middle of Woody and Buzz. I think he's such a buzz. He's more of a buzz for sure, but he's also someone who I believe is like, hey guys, I'm in charge and I'm affable until I'm challenged. I guess. But I, I did I think of him it. as more it. of a buzz, but that's I why. I a great buzz option. I think he's on my buzz option, but low down on the list. Oh, I didn't even put him on there. I truly, <laughs> I thought about him and I thought, no, he's too in between for me. He splits mm. the vote. Sure. Yeah, I see it. Robert De Niro was considered. No thanks. But, I don't need like, it. What he was doing? Heat and Casino in 1995. He was doing so he fine. had like two great films that year. Like good, good. Do you know? Stay Lane, De Niro, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Which I no, I did. Like... I did think about him because I was thinking about people who are authentically from Texas, the South, hmm. like people who are going to convey that without putting on an accent. But yeah. I was like, no way. Am I recommend? And we haven't talked about my loathing of Matthew McConaughey in many episodes, but now seems like a beautiful time what to bring a it up. Wonderful time to bring that up. That I was like, <laughs> no way. You know, like I had that thought, like just like the demon in the back uh-huh. of my mind being like. But I did think, oh, Tommy Lee Jones. But to me, he's a little too crotchety. He doesn't yeah. bring that 
Oh gosh, I just love it. He's not the thing about like Tom Hanks playing yeah. Mr. Rogers, it's such a perfect and I didn't see it, but like it's such a perfect mix in like yeah. looking at that casting choice. It's like, yes, we feel about Tom Hanks the way we feel about Mr. Rogers. And Tommy Lee Jones, we rightly have more complicated feelings about. And that's fine. I'm like, I don't need Tommy Lee Jones playing oh my, my affable yeah, the idea sheriff. Of Tommy Lee Jones playing Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yes, exact that exactly. No thanks. It's it's always so interesting to me just to imagine like, okay, but like, what if, what whatever, like Tom Hanks and Steve Gutenberg trading careers would not be good because Steve Gutenberg is not as good enough of an actor, but I can see, especially the early roles, Gutenberg yes. and oh, Big yeah. and yes, Turner and Hooch. Yes, I can Hooch. see that 100%. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I can see that, but Tom Hanks and Tommy Lee Jones are not two actors I could see trading no, careers. No, no, no. Um, but instead, in 1985, Tommy Lee Jones was, of course, playing Two-Face in Batman Forever, which if you've not listen to our last episode uh to die for uh i just featured on uh the recent the love of cinema episode chatting about batman forever and whether or not it holds up so go tune ahead, in to find out give that a listen does it hold it up does. does batman last forever uh or it's, it's actually less of a hold up it's more of a is it really that bad um for that one in particular yeah. uh anyway uh sim- similarly also in batman forever is jim carrey was up for woody Okay, uh, I have. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll be really honest. Yeah, it's not the worst idea you've presented. <laughs> not that you've presented that you found on the internet. Uh, it's not. I like it better than some. Sure. I still don't think it's the well, right, yeah. especially I mean, Jim Carrey, mid ninety, early yeah. to mid nineties. But um, similar to Robin Williams, you're going to be recording hours of takes and then having to. Although I will say, I think Jim Carrey was at a point in the early to mid 90s where he was more concerned with proving himself Mm. than Robin Williams was because he was much more established. So I do wonder if he would have been a bit more like, what do you need? Let me do that. And Robin Williams would have been more like, let me just give you everything. And then you pick what you like. Yeah, I feel like also with because it was like that 1994 was the mask Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura. They were all the same year? All the same year. Oh my god. And no wonder 90, he exploded. I know. And then 95, he had both Batman Forever and the second Ace Ventura movie. They, wow. like, they were rushed because he was hot. They were just like, we're going to rush this. And then 96, I think, was Cable Guy. And then it was like, okay, you've had a, a kind of a flop. So now we're, you're, you're going to cool your heels. You're still going to be in Liar Liar 97, which young right. Jeff, that's what, The Mask and Liar Liar were the things that I loved Jim Carrey from as a kid. Um, I we watched The Mask all the time. In my ha- Dumb and Dumber. I've still never seen all of Ace Ventura. I saw a few scenes from it and I was like, yeah, I'm good. We're good. But, but Dumb and Dumber, we watched a fair amount you're, in you're my family household. a big fan of the Dumb and Dumber. My father enjoys <laughs> it. He just thinks them being that stupid is hilarious. And then a lot of it was filmed because it's meant to take place in Aspen. Mm. So a lot of it's filmed in various mountain towns in Colorado. Mm. And my, my parents like live in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So like, they're, it's like, look, that's Main Street, such and such. And that's that, you know, so it's fun. But yeah, I think he enjoys how stupid they are. Sure, sure. Um, but Ace Ventura is like that kind of gross out comedy that's just yeah, never, uh, never hit for me. Not for me. But I wonder if it was just like, oh, this is what he's also, because he's also coming off in living color, you know? So he's coming oh, off these totally. big, broad performances. So if it kind of feels like until you have, if you have the director that's like, oh, we want you to do this. If you otherwise, I don't know if it's Jim Carrey just being like, this is what I do. So get out my way. Or if it's like, 
this is the dance monkey dance from the director's My you know. understanding of Jim Carrey, which is admittedly limited, mm-hmm. would lead me to believe the latter. Yeah, that's what would I'm lead thinking. me to believe that he's like, I have done what yeah. people have wanted me to do and what has been successful for me. Because also when you look at everything Jim Carrey has done subsequently, that has been his own well, thing yeah. he has tried to do. It has been the Truman Show. It's been, what was the one Man with on the, the movies? Man on the Moon. It's been- The Majestic. The Majestic. It's movies, been stuff yeah. that has like a yeah, lot yeah. more- like sentiment and heart to it and is a lot less wacky Mm. so i wonder if he's just like i'm good at this i'll continue to do it and it helps me but also like i'd like to i don't know act yeah yeah question mark mark. uh yeah i could see it i could see i mean of course it's tom hanks and it's not just like we're talking about one film we're talking about four separate films we're talking about a franchise of films although at the time well yes of course but now it's impossible for me to be like to ignore the other toy stories when you have this whole you know, 25 or 24 years over the course of 24 years oh playing this character, that, you know? Yeah. Well, you get Tom Hanks, you get consistency yeah. and depth and quality. Like they Absolutely. really lucked out yeah. going with Tom Hanks. <laughs> and speaking of sports movies, this we had this actor who had nothing in 1995, but was smack dab in the middle of 1994's D2, The Mighty Ducks, and, 1990, and 1996's D3, Emilio Estevez, was up for Woody. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, he's in with Disney. He's in with the Diz. I feel like that's what it was. He's in he with was the like, Diz. Oh, I hear you got this new, like, really exciting animated movie. Can I, uh, you know, I'm just coming off of D, or I guess actually no, because they started recording in 1991. I feel like so he's with, coming off of like 19. 19- so you have people like Estevez and De Niro mm. and everything who have this just much more like East Coast energy than like like cowboy with a strong r clearly yeah. meaning like texas oklahoma arkansas like any of these people who are from like the southwest mm. and it's not like actors can't act because they can but particularly when it's just limited to the voice it's like you need to be able to slip into that like yeah. or it's like can you come up with a character that's not a cowboy what is the equivalent yeah what is the like charming equivalent of a cowboy like i yeah i'm a longshoreman <laughs> what can i say i fish no, they do different things. What can I say? I'm a fisherman. You guys have a really like deep understanding of um all these. It'd be great if that was the toy that challenged Woody. Was this longshoreman? This fisherman? I'm a There's an man. eel in my boots. <laughs> I'm thinking about like I did a gig in Maine one summer, and like it was an incredibly uh successful lobstering village, and thinking about like. All these people who live there all summer who are Mainer lobstermen and they have these like huge grizzled beards and it's like, is that the Northeast equivalent of like a cowboy is like, yeah, I catch lobster and I ship it to Japan. All these kids with their toy lobstermans. Everybody loves a lobsterman. Everyone loves a lobsterman. Look, I do love lobster, and therefore I love lobsterman. Let me be clear. They bring the lob. They bring us the lobster. They sure do. <laughs> yeah, that really is. That's the equivalence. Is cat. It should have instead of a space space ranger, it should have been a lobsterman. <laughs> I didn't mean Buzz should be a lobsterman. I meant like if you're gonna do a Woody, but have him be from the Northeast. What's something you don't have a northeastern cowboy? You just don't. You're not. You're not herding cattle. Just in herding Maine. crabs. <laughs> Yeah, you're herding crabs, baby. We are herding crabs, You're baby. trapping lobster mm-hmm. and herding crabs. Um, so I don't know if it was just that, you know, Emilio Estevez's car was in the shop. And so this was why this actor was considered. And he was like, hey, bro, can you give me a ride? But Charlie Sheen was up I for Woody were, as well. As soon as you said car in the shop, I was like, so Charlie Sheen. 
Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I mean, I kind of honestly get it a little more than Emilio Estevez. I was going to say the same thing. But also, especially we're talking 91 Charlie Sheen and not 2005, whenever, you know, Tiger Blood was a thing. I could see him actually kind of more as a buzz. I could see Charlie Sheen is just like the real, like this real stoic of like, well, I'm doing this thing. I'm I'm doing this thing. I don't understand why you're not with me on this. Right. I could kind of see that blowhard uh, energy, you 100%. know. It's really that's why I like Alec Baldwin. It's like any blowhard yes. type, and this is uh, the nicest, the, the person that can play a blowhard, but it's the nicest blowhard. John Goodman was considered as Woody. I actually, that's my favorite choice of mm. all the ones so far because and I it, actually think he'd be a perfect buzz. He'd be May. great for either. I you know, he's got versatility. No, true. I can hear it because he's got, he also is someone who like his voice is so indelible. Yeah. Like that I really feel like he could easily like scooch it in a particular sure, he, direction. You know what? He could scooch it. He You're right. scooch it, I think, scooch. with great ease. Can you scooch just a little this way? Just John a little this way. Uh, You're fine. Perfect. A little bit of scooching, then you're good. Uh-huh. You get it. We all get it. We all get the scoocho number five. Uh, <laughs> uh, and John Goodman would, of course, go on to voice Sully in Monsters, Inc., which is feels like a much better fit, like such a great totally. use of him. And I guess it's also because of that. He's also, whatever, he's Pacha in a Oh, that, you know what? That is exactly what the voice in my head was. And I was like, no, I yeah. can picture him as like gentle and fun. Yes, but it's also his his voice lends itself to his characters his animated characters also being broader totally types so it's like imagining that voice coming out of the woody they had like i think the woody would have to be a little bit more of a i'm a ca- i'm a gaston boy. cowboy a Gast- Ooh, a gaston cowboy yeah, now we're talking gaston cowboy now there's a name for a band gaston cowboy also an obscure halloween a random halloween costume <gasps> if gaston was a cowboy maybe that's my new drag name Gaston Cowboy. Gaston Cowboy. Mm, I like it. I like it. Uh, I kind of actually like this option. Dustin Hoffman was considered, and I, I see that as mm-hmm. the leader. I see that as like the tightness of the like the anger, the quickness to like for sure the judgmentalness to this Absolutely. new guy coming in on his turf. Um, Although, if we are going to, um, you know, give Sean Connery crap about I mean, being a crap human, uh, then uh, I think it's yeah. only fair to mention that Dustin sure. Hoffman. Yes, uh, has has really come to light in recent years as being a, a non-good human. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I but but I hear yeah. you. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, and finally, oh, that I forget sound. every time. How do I do it? It's time to play a big round of two truths and some guy. This isn't the melody of the song. I don't know why I'm singing that. Uh, the way it I'm works. I'm dancing, even dancing. though you can't see it. <laughs> on this visual medium uh two of the following actors were up for the role of woody one was not and amy joe is to guess which is which i'm ready your options are martin short hmm. billy crystal hmm. and kevin klein i'm gonna go kevin klein incorrect oh really because kevin, kevin klein, klein would be great considered and that's why i thought surely not <laughs> No, he was considered. That was a good choice. I think I think he'd actually be he'd fantastic. Be wonderful. I, I think can't he's believe my favorite I didn't think of, Kevin of Klein. not being Tom Hanks would be Kevin Klein. He's wonderful. Yeah. What a what a mellifluous voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Crystal. That is correct. Billy yeah. Crystal was not considered. Martin for Short seems just a, an easier fit yeah. in this way it. than than someone Billy that's hilarious when they're angry. Yes, and Martin Short and Kevin Klein have that um, for sure. But I think Kevin Klein also has that leadership. He can do like the leading man type thing of like you kind of need like the 
an actor that can play a lead. It's not, you know. Yes. I think so. I yes. think so anyway. Um, but anyway, let's keep it going with Rex. Amy, show your thoughts on Wallace. Sean, welcome back to the pod. Welcome back and, to the uh, pod. This is episode. Oh, wait. And Clueless. Wow. Sir, is he our most guested guest? I don't know. I, well, this is his third appearance. I feel like we have to have had someone that's a popped up in more. It's hard because I'm thinking of actors, but then I'm like, oh, no, wait. They were just considered. We just talked about Harrison them. Ford was just considered for well, regardless, multiple things. And Wallace, Sean, this is his third legitimate appearance as the actor who portrayed yep. the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I have written in all sloppy caps. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so S- Sloppy caps. Sloppy also, ca- also a good drag name. <laughs> I, I love a good drag name. Um, I love a bad drag name. I love drag. Um, so I have three choices. Ooh, they are right. all so different from each other and from mm-hmm. Wallace Shawn. But I feel like this is the kind of role where I was like, yeah. I just want someone yeah. who is amusing when they get upset. Yep. And so I was mm-hmm. like, great. I have three. I wonder if we have any of the same. Because I, I have three as well. I I'd feel love like mine are so up. different. Although now I have a fourth. Okay. Oh, that okay. I've just thought of that I'm going to add. Okay. So my first option. Again. Very different. Couldn't be more different than Wallace Shawn, and that is Tiffany Haddish. Oh, okay. Well, that is not what I had. I didn't think um, it would be. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if she is a voice in Toy Story 4 or if she's in a voice in something else. I'm sure she's done. Remember, I mean, it would make VL. sense. Put that great voice in something. It's I feel such like she a, she's in, so, oh, her, she's just so intense all the time. Yeah. Not in, and not in an angry way, which is the right. thing that I think Wallace Shawn does really well in this. It's just, he's like, but I want to do well. And I can right. see her being like, well, but why don't I do this? You know, <laughs> my second choice, my, well, not my second, I'm not ranking these, but like the second one I wrote down is Rain Wilson. Who's someone who definitely like mm, we okay. know plays with like a yeah. well, well like that that rigidity uh, an expectation versus reality. I feel like he would he would be very fun in this. And then another option, and this is based purely on the role for which everyone knows him most, is William Jackson Harper. Yep, ding ding ding. Now okay, we've great. got one. Now we've got one together. Just yeah. like I mean, him being like, him but just, wait, is am I good enough? Re- Rex is someone that always has an upset tummy, just like Judy. Yes. It's so yeah, he's someone just he's got so nervous about like if he can or if he's just like i just can't take that kind of rejection exactly and then my next choice which is is, is someone who's typically cast in a role where he's just more like angry about everything mm-hmm. but i think could easily be, be translated into this like state of nervous anxiety all the time is billy eichner oh okay i think i think any of these would take yeah. it in a different direction but would all be funny as like it's a tertiary character it's more about adding like color and consistency yeah. of tone yeah. and so and being someone who is nervous about whether or not to support woody sure you know what i'll i'll take because billy eichner played timon in the uh, right, lion correct. king remake so what about a nathan lane as rex i love it i think will be great the other people I was thinking of are definitely more contemporary, but uh, a John Mulaney oh. or a Mike Birbiglia, because Mike Birbiglia is giving you a real more sad, that sad, cl- sad like an clown, sad clown, Rex. Yes, I'm like I don't know if I could take that kind of rejection. Yes, <laughs> yes. I love all, but the thing that's great about some of these roles is it's like they could go in so many different directions and still. True. fulfill the function it yeah. would just kind of give a slightly different color this is true but especially with rex where such the the joke is you've got a tyrannosaurus rex and he's the meekest biggest scaredy cat 
totally. character that you've got i think is like a big part of that joy which makes sense why the one act other actor that is up for it is rick moranis oh <laughs> oh that's so charming it hurts oh i know i love it i love it so much but i mean while sean i mean perfection what a delight it would be if we had rick moranis instead would have been great too but well sean i mean yes it's big what fan, a voice. big that fan. voice always and he's in the incredibles too, that boss in the incredibles but he's it's such a great voice for animation oh um, and exactly because yeah. it's it, and the thing that's great also about wallace sean similar to and i'm forgetting the actor's name but he was this iconic actor but known more as a voice actor in the earlier days of animation who mm-hmm. played like ka in uh the jungle book and piglet oh, jim cummings Oh, is Jim Cummings his uh, name? Yes. I've forgotten. Uh, uh, but it's like such an iconic voice. Sure, yeah. But he doesn't, yeah. Oh, yeah. he doesn't change his voice. True. He's not like some voice actors where it is just transformative. Oh, well, of course. You've got the people, yes. You've got people that can completely change their voice in a way that and is bananas shocking. to me. The people like uh, Billy West and Maurice LaMarche and like all these amazing. Yeah. And who's uh, even uh, Peter Serafinowicz? Like, Peter Serafinowicz. Who is, who is less uh, less uh, adept than that at like fully changing his voice, but is really good at shifting to different pockets of mm. his voice and like doing good VO work in that mm. way. But yeah. um, but like you have some people who it's and, and like. People who take what it is that makes their voice that unique and just lean into it and kind of lean more or less hard into certain aspects of it, depending on the role. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter that I know it's the same actor. In fact, that's great. In a lot of cases, that's like what you're you're paying for. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for Wallace Shawn. You don't want him to come in like, I I thought that I would do like a... Hello there. I'm. I am Wallace it's me, Shawn. Wallace Shawn as Rex. I just can't take that kind of rejection. It's like that's not what we wanted. We want kind Wally. Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Um, we don't want suddenly Wallace right, Shawn's like right. macho best friend. Or like you know what you could like a Matthew Broderick even like would be. Sure. I, could, I could actually even see him somewhat as a Woody. Um, I I love Tom Hanks so much more for it. Yes. But uh, I could see him. I could see him as Woody as well. But anyway. Um, let's keep it going with Slinky. Oh, Slinky dog. Oh, Slinky. Oh, ah, 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 ah. I love that bit when Woody is just like, whatever. It's like, no, go. I forget what the context is, but when he's like, no, go pretty much just like go off and like be like happy about this. And it was like, okay. And it's like, I said, be happy. Ah, It's great. (laughs) It's great. Um, voice of course by the late Jim Varney. So good. RIP. Uh, and Amy Jo, who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I didn't have a lot of thoughts for this because it is so great, but I yeah. th- I feel like there's a lot of people who could bring their own spin to this, but the voice is uh, that kind of like this kind of voice was uh. so like indelible that I was like, Harvey Firestein. Oh, sure. Or, or Tom, as we mentioned him earlier, Tom, Tom Waits. Waits. <laughs> Dan Hedaya came to oh, mind. Okay. And even a very different spin on this, but like Peter Falk, you know, oh, oh, just like these people it. that have like these love very it. like rich Mm. Uh, like deeply like there's a lot of layers yeah. on the voice it's yeah. not like here's my pure cartoon sound right you know i yeah. was like there's something about that that feels that it enriches the film because it's not just like now we're all like in this tune land you know totally. yeah and I, so those those are my thoughts absolutely and yeah because this is like it is so much closer to how jim varney at least as like Ernest p world which is right. how all of us mainly knew him from that and slinky dog uh how he seemed to talk for the most part it might have been playing up that uh quality of his sure voice. um but it was still like so much so much indelible so much indelibly that so it's hard to think of like a completely for me at least a completely different take on the character it almost has to be 
completely different yeah. or uh, in the same vein. Which is what they did because Jim Varney passed away. So with Toy Story 3 and 4, oh, right. they got uh, Blake Clark took over and does like he sounds so much like him who most mm-hmm. people will know Blake Clark or at least me. Uh, people of a certain age as Sean's dad on Boy Meets World. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I am of the age where I watched a lot of Boy Meets World up until like about halfway through the series. Hmm. Now, listener, many of you know what I look like, um, but you, you may not know what I look like as a teenager. And I looked like Topanga. And people told me that Every all day. the time. Has anyone ever told you you look like Topanga? You got I'm Topanga like, and Anna Klumsky. Uh, not just Anna Klumsky, the girl in my girl. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get it. I have blonde-ish hair in the 90s and a face that looks like that. Um, was that ever a pickup line? would be like, hey, you look like my girl. I didn't get picked up, Jeff. Oh. I was a nerd. And it was okay because I loved the theater. <laughs> um, if people picked me up, I was like, your voice is really nice. I was like, you don't hate me. Thank you. Um, that's just that's just how high school went for me. But um I didn't really watch once it got into the seasons where they were more like, we're like Topanga and was it Corey mm-hmm. were like together. So oh, yeah. I, I like remember a lot of the early stuff, but like my memory no. is like when she was still like a weird person. Sure, so like sure, there's sure. a lot of stuff gotcha. that I've just like, I've kind of I forgotten because gotcha. I didn't I gotcha. watch the full have... series arc. It was still pretty early on when his dad was on. Cause I think his dad like passes away like halfway through the series. Oh, so gosh. yeah, well, you got to stakes. It has Character growth. Stakes. Um, I think it was then, like, then he moved in with Corey and his family. Or, or no, I think he moved. I don't remember. I think he moved in with his Corey and his family just because his dad was, like, a drunk and barely there. And then his Oof. dad, like, came back and was like, I'm here. It's me, Slinky Dog. I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, but anyway, he did, like, a great job taking over uh, to be, like, I'm sure, like, kids, if watching them one after the other, you're not like, why does Slinky sound different? Mm. Uh, but the only other actor that was considered for Slinky, so random to me, trying to imagine this voice coming out of that dog, John Cleese. Wow. Yeah. Well, you animate it differently. Yeah, sure. But it's still, like, the character design is still this Slinky dog. It's just imagining yes, this, like, British you... dog. But then he's just like, I'm raising my eyebrows more. You just, like, you have a different attack on it because you're animating it with the voice actor inspiring like how the face moves you know that's true it's hard it's imagining the like you know the pretty much of course while you have a slinky dog this man's best friend as the guy that's always in woody's corner Mm -hmm. of imagining the like okay well who's like that's why Jim Varney makes sense to me is like, oh, this good old boy. Just like, oh, it's like the best friend yeah. playing your to dog. To a cowboy in particular. Yeah. But I wonder if they weren't thinking the contrast would be nice I of this so. like Brit with this like down mm. home version of Tom Hanks. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, yeah. I, and I don't have any other options for it because I think Jim Varney is so good. It's so hard for me to picture like imagine oh, it's wonderful. anyone well, that's else why I just picked the... weird voices. Sure. You know? sure. 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 And finally, we have, of course, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. Uh, Amy Jo, your thoughts on Tim Allen and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? It's a great voice performance. <laughs> I think for many reasons we've already outlined tonight. Um, you know, I've never met tim allen but i don't imagine and you're grateful for that's it. what i'm saying yeah you know so um i th- i thought who are people that have a bit of bluster but the bluster is fun mm. about them you know like th- that can lend itself to a cartoon yeah rather than like oh i hate this person because you need to like buzz you need to you need to be as much on his side at a certain point as you are on woody's or the the film doesn't work it's true i mean it's so perfectly pitched because 
Woody, you could be like, this guy's the, he's the worst. He's like not giving this new toy a chance. But also Buzz is so aggravating. And to have someone that is so aggravating mm-hmm. works really it well sure does. to be this blowhard. But he also, what he does, that's so nice. And they apparently changed the film because of his vocal performance. Originally, Buzz was supposed to know he was a toy. And he's supposed to, he didn't think this was real. And they like rewrote the script because Tim Allen's vocal performance was so like, innocent and gen- mm. so genuine so earnest in yeah, the like so this is who i am that, that it was so earnest p world so they <laughs> so they were like oh this actually makes so much this works even better if he actually thinks he's a toy and it, love it also collaboration even have like that what he's having to work against that it's like you don't, don't even realize that you are not a space mm. ranger and i think he actually plays that really well i think it's like a great color um it makes sense for someone you know for someone that could be like well i know what's right and i know like i know what's best and like this is what i say is the word and everything that i think is true and no one can tell me otherwise of my stupid stupid views works really well in this character (laughs) what huh Uh (laughs) well and to that to that end Mm -hmm. my first thought is jeff goldblum Ooh, interesting. Someone who like has ah, a mm, ah, there's a, a, a no, no signs of life uh, on this string. Ooh, ooh, spongy, ooh, spongy. Ah, ooh, ooh, this ah. planet is a uh, ooh, str- ooh, spongy. But I do think he has a lot of swagger, and to oh, a point he, where you can sure find does. it charming and ever. irritating at the same time. Yeah, I, I like that. So yeah, that's, that's fun. Um, another thought that feels similar to me about that is Patrick Warburton. I was considering Patrick Warburton. He just, we know from I mean, previous vocal performances he's that he's, he's just a delightful, <laughs> hey, I have a big voice. You believe I'm a big guy? And I'm going to give a big yeah. vocal performance. Yeah. Um, similarly, but much darker mm-hmm. is Michael Shannon. Oh, my God. Michael Shannon. <laughs> hey, I love the guy. I got to give him a shot. I love Michael Shannon as well. That's, you know, I, Michael Shannon as as Slinky Dog. That to me is the like. <laughs> oh, um, that's great. Yeah. I, I can't even do a Michael Shannon voice. I, uh, excuse, I don't I don't have it. Um, But that I could see a little more than as this all, all American space ranger, Michael Shannon. Um, he has a like very it. square jaw. I like it. Um, then great. I have a few more. This next one is a bit off the <laughs> expected path, but I think this actor would be very funny. And that's Maya Rudolph. Ooh. Someone who I'm like, yeah. oh, yes, I yeah. want you to take charge of the situation. And she's so funny. I think that's great. But that also made me think because of, of course, been watching. We just finished season four of The Good Place mm-hmm. a few weeks or so ago. The Judge. The Judge. So yeah. good. So good. Also a good Woody, I think, Ted Danson, I think would be. Oh, that's good, great. I think thinking. he would have given a really beautiful What charm. Yeah, 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 what yeah. grace. And of the like the nervousness. That yes. wonderful nervousness quality that he brings to Michael in those later seasons. You're um, so right. I think that'd be good. But yeah, yeah. my Rudolph. Love it. Love it. And, and then another female I mean, choice Kate I have. Kate McKinnon. Come on. Oh, Kate McKinnon. <laughs> Always. Someone, uh, I mean, delight. her and Ghostbusters, just all the swagger. Someone who comes in and be like, well, this is what's what. This I'm... thing's on fire and I don't care. This is my laser gun. It. it totally works. Uh, so, uh, similarly, another choice that I had was Sigourney. <gasps> Who Ooh, I think would be a right. delight. Just yeah. someone who, like, again, because I've seen her play a lot of parts because I'm a big fan, like, who can come in with that swagger and be like, I got this, folks. <laughs> um, and then, and this is something that 
I liked this idea. And that's Leslie Odom Jr. who won a Tony for playing Burr in mm. Hamilton. But he's done, you know, some more film and TV since then. But like Burr, one of the qualities that makes like a good Aaron Burr is like, I have swagger. I mm. have confidence. I'm yeah. going to fake it till I make it, even mm. if I don't realize that's what I'm yeah. doing. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's someone with like a lot of like largesse sure. and obviously like a great vocalist. And yeah. therefore that often lends itself well to animation. It sure does. That made me think I'll go with someone, uh, a replacement in Hamilton a lot of people mainly know him more as uh the genie in Broadway's Aladdin but James Monroe I feel hard yes. I think also that great rich totally rich deep quality of the voice I think would be really Beautiful. fun coming out of uh Buzz Lightyear uh similarly I was like give me Nick Offerman as Buzz Lightyear I love that that's great. I mean, that Ron Swanson energy. Uh, and similarly, John Hamm, I, I think would give is if you want that, like, just hey, flipped, just like clean listen. cut. Yeah. Uh, old Don Draper's Buzz Lightyear, I think would be great. Uh, so Tim Allen said that one time he did the, there's like a young fan. Or like, I'm sure some parent was like meeting, t- like, oh, it's Tim Allen. And they're like, oh, try my child. It's Buzz Lightyear. This is Buzz Lightyear. And this kid is like, uh, is no, this? No, it is not. So he like did the voice of Buzz. And he said that uh, the child was frightened by the ugly man who swallowed oh. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits. If the shoe fits. Um, What attracted Tim Allen to the role of Buzz Lightyear was the fact that before him, they offered the role to his biggest influence in his career, Chevy Chase. Huh. Okay. I mean, knowing Tim Allen, of course, started as like a stand-up comic. Right. That's why they, they based Home Improvement around that, uh, right. you know, that um, persona. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chevy Chase turned it down. He was, uh, no, of course. I, I, Chevy Chase turned down so many roles. He was making a lot of poor decisions. Well, instead, in 1995, he did Man of the House with... JTT, old Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Speaking of Tim Allen. Home improvement. Home improvement, yeah. Uh, So, you know, I mean, great. I cannot imagine Chevy Chase. I don't want to, quite frankly. I mean, we just talked about him two weeks ago in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But, like, I can't, but at least that is, like, a one-and-done film, opposed to imagining a film coming out last year co-starring Tom Hanks and Chevy Chase. Chase. Tim Allen is one thing, but Chevy Chase is, like, even, yeah. Tim Allen's also still stayed in the public conscious with his... Uh, the insanity of last man standing still being like last sitcom standing it is like the cockroach that won't die that film but also it or well actually is. this is true for chevy chase as well now that i'm thinking about it but it's like if you make a christmas movie that's at all a hit that is going to get played again and again and again now people do sure. love national lampoon's christmas vacation but also i feel like the santa claus plays interesting all yeah. the time yeah, this is true to me he's in my national consciousness because right. i rewatch galaxy quest like I Christmas it's film. so good yeah galaxy quest is such a such a good film but it's you're right you're right because with santa claus that's what that was his in with disney night because that was i think 94 mm. um which fun fact i believe it was him that disney kind of broke their own rules because they wanted him for santa claus i don't know if it was just maybe one day we'll do santa claus for a, a christmas film it might be fun oh. i think there's other people up for it but uh they had like a rule of like not working with people that had uh been to jail because if you don't know tim allen uh was arrested for uh smuggling some cocaine and he didn't really serve time because he turned on all his friends so he was a (gasps) bit of a rat about that uh but yeah so he there's a great mugshot of him with this giant 70s porn stash um but he that kind of like got swept under the rug and disney was like um we will 
jerk this. Ignore that so you can be our Santa Claus because I'm assuming a lot of actors that we wanted turned it down, question mark. Uh, so yeah. So he managed to piggyback off Santa Claus and di- and then go right into this the next year. Or I guess he was recording this since 1991. So I guess this was first. Dang it. I keep forgetting that this started in 1991. So it's so early. hard to imagine that like he would have been like, I feel like Home Improvement started in like 1990. Oh, wait. I forgot my additional Buzz Lightyear thought because I yes. didn't have a pen to write it down, which would be George Clooney. <gasps> That's great. Which I think is actually Excellent. a phenomenal Excellent. Excellent casting. choice. Excellent casting Thank on the you, show. Jeff. You're Thank so you. welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Chevy Chase turned it down. Thank goodness. So, who apparently the original, I mean, the original like couple that they wanted, the original pairing, was to Paul Newman's Woody, Jim Carrey's Buzz Lightyear. Whoa. I know. But I get it. If you're like, we want, you know, the old guard the old as and Woody. And we want who's the, who is literally the like the youngest hottest comedic the star that's mm-hmm. in three giant films the year prior although i guess once again gosh dang it i keep forgetting started recording in 1991 although i i don't know of like he would have been in, in living color then so i don't know yeah i don't know if maybe they started maybe they started with tom hanks and they were like possibly i don't know it takes yeah, a now long time to animate this, anything i don't know of how true but if they were like great words we know we got tom hanks let's just do that and then we'll build and we buzz. can we can sell our movie on this and there's so much of the movie with just woody and not buzz this is true although there is like some there's like five minutes of fantastic behind the scenes uh video yes. of the the uh vocal uh recordings for the film and you see there's at least one scene that is tom hanks and tim allen together which is well, great sure, yeah well you, yes that's the hope i mean you'd think that well there's it's so it's still so rare so rare they're usually always by themselves um which is also sometimes you're like great this way we're not gonna fly you all the way from new york you're gonna stay in new york you'll be in la or what have you uh but they're great together you get a little of them you get you get jim varney being so charming as, as little slinky dog um, i was thinking about uh yeah so i i think jim carrey i get it it is just like that real i'm a space ranger i'm a space ranger there are no signs of, you are a my eyes strange, are sad little a man lot wider. and you have my pity <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good uh so this one is so wild to me and this is why i mentioned him in the game <gasps> billy crystal was offered the role but turned it down because to me he would have been a great Woody. Imagining him as Buzz Lightyear is really it's, weird to me. I think if you think about Billy Crystal as, like, we just watched Throw Mom from the Train not too long ago. As yeah, listener, someone... we, we've been doing, like, a catch-up on movies that we recommend to each other on the pod. <laughs> we just watched Diabolique, which I'd never seen, which we talked about out Psycho. And I think we talk about Throw Mom off the, off the Train from during I our very had. first episode of Princess Bride. So we finally watched that. And last I, week. as someone who is a new-ish writer, I really appreciated all the writing jokes of, uh, I can't write. I was like, ooh, this resonates. I'm happy to see it in comedic fashion. But but like what Billy Crystal does in that movie is it's someone who he has like, he is not able to achieve the status he thinks he deserves. Mm. And I think there's a way to kind of like turn that on its head so that he's like, I have the status I think I deserve, and why are you not treating me in this way? I don't understand it. I guess I, I just can't see that Billy. Oh, well, I think coming Tim out Allen brings that a lot I mean, more readily. True. That's why I could have seen Alec Baldwin. That's why. That's why I mean Billy Crystal do a switcheroo. 
uh, of Monsters, Inc., Billy Crystal as Woody, and then John Goodman as Jeez. Buzz. I think that that to me makes sense. Imagine Trying to imagine John Goodman as Woody and Billy Crystal as Buzz to me is ridiculous. I mean, I can see it, but I, I just don't think it would have had spawned three sequels. Exactly. Because to me, Woody, you, like his like the neurotic, the, the neurotic. Neuroses. Neuroses that Billy Crystal would tap into yes. in so many wonderful, Absolutely. so many wonderful performances would be great as Woody, but also a fun play on his work in City Slickers. Which I've never seen. <gasps> that first one's great. I've never seen the sequel, and I doubt I ever will, but the first one's very charming. Mm. Daniel's, great Daniel Stern, too. And Jack Palance, Academy Award winning Jack Daniel Stern, not a terrible choice for Woody, if we're like thinking about like yeah, that sure, sort of thing. Sure. And just because I can't not think of pairings, Joe Pesci as Buzz Lightyear. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it'd be wild who needs it, but I, you know, I'd be interested in what uh, it came out of it. Yeah. I'm also trying to imagine all these people up for Buzz Lightyear because you have them as Buzz. And then you have to have them once they're broke. And they are like, I'm not a toy. I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. Which I do think Tim Allen actually does very well. So well. Does that as well of Mrs. Nesbitt at this tea party. Yes. Um, Don't just see the hat. Right. And that is where, like, the Billy Crystal to me is coming out in, like, this. Yes. No, the screaming. The, the screaming. The scream. Billy Crystal, we want the screaming. The screaming. <laughs> um, another strange choice to me, Billy Crystal. Or, sorry, Billy Crystal. Could you believe Billy Crystal and Billy Crystal were considered? Wow, no, both of the sorry, Billy Crystals. Different Bill. Bill Murray was reportedly considered interesting he had come to mind as someone who like was skirting the edges of being appropriate for either of these roles but for me didn't hit center for either of them yeah 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 i hear that it's just it's that laid back it's that like conic like i just he's he's like a ham to me yes or uh, yeah a ham or even the dog or, you know or, even yeah, or the dog but of course he's too big he would have to you're, if you're gonna get yes. bill murray you're paying to get bill murray for either one of your principles yeah right uh mel gibson was considered which he's got that sure actually it's good casting i, mean, I never want him in anything, but i'm but glad that I, he yeah, wasn't there. i could totally see that instead of he of course was doing the other 1995 disney movie pocahontas as john smith <laughs> <gasps> colonizer that just feels right <laughs> just feels right uh, sure and finally which i get it and i kind of like this option uh bruce willis was considered sure. that yeah that actually makes a ton of sense just swinging his weight around energy i think that's actually works really well yes uh in 95 he instead had both 12 monkeys and dr with the vengeance so i'm glad he did those instead better you better know, use of better everyone's use of him. time and he was doing some yeah those are those, i those are both to me die hard of, with a vengeance of course is no die hard but is probably the only other diehard movie that is worth ever is that the one in revisiting. new york yes with jeremy irons yes, i've which, seen that I mean, one it's cannot. very good. and samuel jackson yeah. it's like yeah come on guys that's a good about? one yeah uh and 12 monkeys is great terry gilliam um mm. is really fun um which i'm due for a rewatch i've not seen that movie in some quite some time so those were all of the characters that i found other casting options for so before we move on we're going to do a quick segment of passing chemistry <laughs> So if, because there was only one other person up for Rex and Slinky, so if Tom Hanks and Tim Allen hadn't been available, who of the actors considered do you think would have had the best on-screen chemistry? Mm. And I think I'm going to, I mean, I do like Kevin Klein best of the people that were up for Woody. Sure. And I think I, I was going to say Jim Carrey is Buzz just of him bouncing off Kevin Klein, but I think actually having that stolidness of bruce willis of kevin klein raging against solid choice you want yeah i think that's why it works because i trying to imagine like the woody as like a paul newman or clint eastwood as woody and someone like a jim i get it you want like and then the new young hot toy but really buzz is the like the immovable object that 
And Woody, oh, Woody keeps trying this, to get this, around. Uh, yes, yeah. trying to get over and under and around and trying to just get him out of here. And you need that that energy. And it works yeah. so well with Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. I think Kevin Klein and Bruce Willis, old Bruce Willie, might have done an okay job. It's a good pairing. Well, Jeff, I think you <laughs> picked the best ones. And uh, so just in an effort to be different, I'm going Great. to go with John Goodman as Woody. Love it. Oh, and then just I I mean I can't my if if he wasn't such a trash person I would go with Mel Gibson because yeah. I think that that is you know makes makes sense but I'm gonna go with Bruce Willis who is less of a trash person yeah. um just because there's fewer options than I would like and you stole the you stole the best ones you I'm absconded you, you know what next time uh, I'll let you go first with passing chemistry Thank you, although Jeff. there's no you know you there's nothing wrong with us both thinking of the same ones because sometimes Cause it's the best choice like. and it's uh, just because we're thinking what would be best for the film yeah exactly we're just trying to think of what's best for the film tom hanks and tim allen were busy so we're just trying to think of what's best for the what's film best? People. what's best um so there were a few characters we didn't mention so i just want to very briefly touch on them you of course have don rickles as mr potato head which, perfect perfect iconic so it, so good having an insult comic an insult in comic that role play of this like some <laughs> minor antagonist to or like uh yes just opposing force to uh, Woody's rule. Uh, Undermining so the, yeah. the whole vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get out of here, you hockey. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? Bianca Del Rio in the remake. Oh, great. Yeah. Mrs. Potato Head played by Bianca Del oh, Rio. love it. I mean, of course, un- a different, just to get a different insult comic. 100%. Um, that's great. I think that's great. Great casting. Uh, John Ratzenberger as Ham, who, of course, would then go on to be in every single Pixar film as their good luck charm. Look, if you got it, flaunt it. <laughs> I was trying to come up with sure, something. It didn't sure. happen. Uh, which is a great voice for him. It's, you know, yeah. it works great. The only better Way choice would be... Go Idaho. John Hamm. Yes. Oh, John Hamm is Hamm, John Hamm is Hamm, which was not an option available to us in 1995. But yeah, Way to Go Idaho, I'd forgotten. That's another iconic line. It's a good line. It's a good line. Uh, Annie Potts as Bo Peep. Now, did it strike you as odd that this child who's obsessed with, like, cowboys and space rangers had, like, a what seemed to be like a porcelain Bo Peep figurine. Yeah, well, she's part of that lamp. It's like her and her sheep oh. are part of this little lamp, so I don't know okay. if it... I don't know. If it's like maybe supposed to be for the mo- Molly, for his sister, maybe? Like, are they sharing a I room? I, yeah, I, I, I didn't I guess know. they're not sharing a room, but there is the part... Yeah, like right in the beginning, Mr. Potato Head goes into her crib, but they're playing in right. his room, so maybe... I don't, I don't know. think they're sharing a room. I, I don't know. Um, it just felt very like this is a kid who seems to be here. an extremely yeah. like into a heteronormative situation. This is true. But it was originally supposed to be a Barbie doll. But Mattel said no because they assumed the movie would be a big flop. <laughs> and then, of course, in the sequel, they have a ton of Barbies because yeah, Mattel like, you know learned what? their we lesson. Were incorrect. I know. Um, but Annie Potts is great because she's in the second one as well. She's not in the third. But in the fourth one, she comes. She's like... a woody like stuff finds her like she's been like living like oh. off the grid as like this lost toy and he and like it being like you should just come hang with us woody we're ki- living the life come hang out with your cool shepherdess girlfriend <laughs> your um, former lover yeah uh but she's also very like she she comes back as like almost like furiosa she's got like she's lost an arm and so she like has it like glued back on and she's just like yeah we're living like off the grid with That's me and my great. sheep uh it's pretty it's pretty delightful it's a delightful turn for that character and for annie potts because she's not you know 
as big yeah. of a name as some of these people. I mean, I pretty much know her best in as the receptionist in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want? Uh, and but she's she's great. She's she's delightful in this, and I'm really I was so tickled to see her come back in Toy Story four in such a big role. You have Arlie Ermy as Sarge, which of course because he after Full Metal Jacket. Everyone, well, that's all. That's what you all did. anyone will let that's him what you do. Did. You and you know what? Off that persona. He does it great. He did it great. Uh, and finally, of course, as Andy's mother was Lori Metcalf. What? I knew you didn't know that, Andy. Uh, Joe. that's why I saved it for last. She's so gentle. Yes, she's. I, <laughs> it's a very just like straightforward. Like I'm just. Well, where did you last leave them? You can't find Woody. Where'd you oh, last see him? I, my mind has exploded. <laughs> I mean, I guess started recording in 91. So, you know, she's Who doing... Who was she in 91? Roseanne. She's doing Roseanne. Oh, well, like, I know, but like she wasn't like yeah. Broadway's Broadway's darling. Laurie, Broadway darling, Laurie Metcalf. Wow. Yeah. I've seen her on stage a lot of times. As have I. And she's she might be the best live stage performer I've seen. It certainly the most consistently at least of multiple thrilling. yeah of multiple roles having seen her in multiple yes. roles that she has been incredible and in, I'm like it's probably as yeah, a breath of work you and I saw first preview of a doll's house part two and she had those incredibly long oh, monologues and at oh, one point my. she called line and like you know but it was just so like she's mid tirade mid tirade line someone goes over the god mic which I'd never heard on Broadway same and like says the thing. And she says, thank you. And then just like moves on. And it, what, like people in front of us are like, what just happened? And I was like, magic just happened. Oh, the once in a lifetime opportunity. Because it also was so like yeah. not a big deal. I was like, yeah. oh, that's how you handle it. You just handle it because you clearly got probably four new pages today. I know. Yeah. For you listeners that are like, um, that doesn't sound impressive to me. Actually, it sounds like she's uh, a big old failure for having to call a line on Broadway. What an embarrassment. No, the no. Dallas House Part 2, A, was a brand new play. Uh, B, went straight to Broadway. It wasn't like they came from an out-of-town tryout. Try where they'd and, gotten to play exactly, with these monologues. And work through all. And when you are in a new play, because uh, we had friends in new works and been like, how's it going? Because we've seen them in previews. And they're like, we had 12 new pages today. today that every day you're having to come in with all these changes. Which and when version it's a are we doing? show and you are the lead and you don't leave the stage and you have monologues and monologues, that is bananas. The fact she only called line once is bananas. It was, but it was so exciting because she also just handled it in such a like, and then this she was is back. what we're doing. It was yeah. so, but it wasn't even like she was ever out. She was just like, I'm getting the information I need. Oh, yeah. Cool. I've got yeah. it. I know Love what it. I need to do and we're going to go forward. And it, yeah, one time in that torrent of words, after that, I was like I'd seen her on stage many times and been like what a queen but after that Mm. I was like bow down down. save your pity for the week save Uh, your pity for the week (laughs) so final thoughts Amy Joe, any last little bits and bobs on Toy Story anyone else we didn't touch on I mean we touched on pretty much all the characters that had like big actors name of them oh I, I think it was like I, when I was thinking about Buzz characters, I was like, oh, do you want um, H. John Benjamin as Buzz? That's oh, like a fun vocal performance. Sure and then is. I was like, oh, wait, do we want an, an entire Archer remake? <laughs> you know, and I was like, there's, I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it, uh-huh. kind of depending on how you want to weight it. So Chris you, Parnell is Woody. 
Yes. Or what you do is you have Archer as Woody and then like uh, Barry as Buzz. Archer as Woody. H. John Benjamin as Woody. Yes. Oh, well, no, I'm saying Barry. if you're doing, oh, I, if you're doing I, I, it, not a I remake gotcha. of Toy Story, if you're doing gotcha. Archer does Toy Story, you know, so you could do that. Or yes, you do Cyril as, as, as Woody. Pam but then I was like, as Buzz? No, Pam. Who did I say Pam should be? Uh, Pam has to be Slinky Dog because she's like his hype man. She is the kind hype of. man. She is the only and one on Archer's side. Kruger is Sid. Clearly, oh, sure. sure. You know, yeah. uh, maybe Lana is is Andy. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot of. It does. It's not perfect. But I was like, oh, well, if you play around with this, they should. It'd be fun to see like an Archer take on this because they're all also so awful <laughs> to see them play both awful and like good people. Um, <laughs> you know. Sure. Sure. Anyway, it it tickled me to think of H. John Benjamin as like every part in this. Uh, basically, yeah, they, yeah. There you go. H. John Benjamin, one man show, one man toy okay, story. Okay, maybe that's how we've landed on it. Yeah. yeah. So that was my my main thought. I was like, huh, how do I handle these voice actors that oh, I boy. love? Shoehorn them into this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, just think of H. John Benjamin. You could do the same with Bob's Burgers. With Chris. I mean, Kristen oh, Schaal sure. does join. She's in Toy Story 3 as this little triceratops because then Rex has a friend. Uh, and then all the, all, yeah, all the rest of them, Eugene Merman. And it's like, I don't know, Eugene Merman is, uh, I don't know, Ham or Slinky. Anyway, I'll end with this. During a 2011 interview on the Graham Norton show, the host confronted Tom Hanks with a Woody doll and asked if it was actually his voice coming out of the doll. And Hank said, no, it's his brother, Jim. He said, quote, there are so many computer games and video things. And Jim just works on those all year long. (gasps) So... If I didn't even know Tom Hanks had a brother. And if only, and who, who sounds enough like him that he just voices Woody for all these toys and everything else that's Toy Story related. If I'm sure Tom Hanks will do some, but if he's like, I don't got time for this, just give it to Jim. That's all that Jim, Jim never has to work again wow. a day in his life. He's just all the Woody runoff. That's, that's remarkable. Woody runoff <laughs> sounds disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> But also sounds like it pays a pretty <laughs> it's nice. It's those bills. It is pretty, <laughs> pretty nice. nice. Amy Jo. Jeff. What are you recommending this week? Well, Jeff, this week I'm taking a, a bit of a step in another direction. and I'm going to recommend some music to our <gasps> listeners. Ooh. So I have a couple of friends slash co-workers who are also musicians that have released EPs and, and singles and music videos and all sorts of that. And a lot of it has been released during these quarantines. And there's some pretty fantastic uh, art that they have uh, released. So I'm going to recommend two singers in particular. One is Lex. Her name is spelled L-E-X-X-E. Mm. She's Queen Lex on Instagram. Um, but she's a queer femme and she has like several music videos that have come out during quarantine. She's releasing an EP shortly, but you can look you can look up Lex on iTunes, but she's got songs that have just come out like Monster and Joyride and she's Ooh. a real delight. And uh, I met her through company XIV uh, and she is like a classically trained ballet dancer in addition to being this like pop vocalist and she's really cool and then another person i met through xiv is cat cunning and they Mm -hmm. just released Mm -hmm. well they just signed with this major label which is very thrilling but they just released this uh song and music video called supernova and it's it's so good, but also like Kat is non-binary and like th- they really are able to play with 
their relationship to gender in this music video. It's so exciting. There's oh, a great. point where they're like on a giant fake horse in the middle of this apartment. And I was like, yes, cat. So <laughs> anyway, that's Cat Cunning, Cat with a K, Cunning like, oh, you cunning fox. <laughs> and you can find them all over uh, iTunes and Instagram and everything. And, and they're also an actor that's been in a ton of stuff. But I would say look look on YouTube for Supernova and, and see their whole vibe. But yes, I would recommend my friends who are <laughs> – these incredible queer artists who are turning on some really cool stuff during these times. That's great. Love it. Jeff. Amy Joe. What's you recommending? Well, since we're doing our first, I mean, uh, Roger Rabbit is partially animated, but this is our first fully animated film. Full cartoon. Full cartoon. So I wanted to recommend Your Name, a 2016 animated film from Japan about two high schoolers, one in a small mountain town, one in Tokyo, who magically wake up in each other's bodies when they go to sleep at night. And it's part mystery. It's part romance. It's so, it's a little, it's weird. It's like time hops. Uh, It is a big swing of a film. And uh, I thought it was stunningly beautiful. Uh, It's very fun. And uh, it's gorgeously, gorgeously animated. And I definitely recommend checking it out. And that's what we're recommending this week. Da-da-da. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. Jeff, well, well, I'd love to know what film are we doing next week? Well, if you're the listener want to find out, you should follow us on Instagram or Facebook at andalmoststarring, where every Saturday we reveal the next film we'll be doing. Wow, if you want to be I, one of the cool kids and I better watch. give us a follow. You better. I would hope you better since you run our Instagram. What? Um, and on every Friday, you do a fun little game where uh, you give some clues and everyone tries to guess what we're doing so you can win tremendous bragging rights exactly and if you feel so inclined please feel free to go wherever you rate and review podcasts and give us a little rate and review maybe five five, five stars maybe five stars i'm gonna be totally honest it helps <laughs> so much more than it should uh it's really absurd yeah. well. um but if you're like gosh i really enjoy you guys <laughs> Uh, take truly two minutes and, and rate us five stars and say something. It can be anything. It can be like, bebop boop. I love this podcast. Five exclamation points. Okay, so either bebop boop, I love this podcast, five exclamation points, or maybe five, uh, five sheriff, five Woody's sheriff stars. Yes. And then like pew, pew, pew. Five Woody sheriff stars, pew, pew, pew. So either of those would be great. <laughs> either of those will really communicate to potential listeners the vibe the vibe and like what this podcast is all about uh, pew, pew, pew. we're just pew 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 in in 2020 y'all we're, ch- we're just trying to get we're through 2020 with all of our pew pew pews intact uh, until next time I'm Jeff Roden I'm Woody 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 sorry <laughs> and howdy 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 I did it I crushed I'm Woody 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 <laughs> Uh, and thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. <laughs> I'm Woody, Woody, Woody. <laughs>